Hi, this is Mark Meir, the voice of Commander Shepard, and you're tuned in to the Enter Chatsman podcast, my favorite podcast on the Citadel. Chatsman and Phoenix, let the conversations begin. To the Normandy. everybody welcome back to the inner chats man podcast where this is uh what else your favorite place to hear all of the nerdy video game news that i mean phoenix i thought was interesting that happened uh, throughout this week um sorry uh we took, we took a little bit of a, bit of a break uh, phoenix was a little under the weather i was working on a video actually if you don't know check out my uh piccolo jr uh summary video that's out now um so i don't know if you like dragon ball feel free to check that out but enough of that we're talking well, I guess not all games this week, but uh, I guess just how are you feeling, Phoenix? Uh, how was your uh, last week or two since we've been back? Uh, been all right. Um, as you mentioned, you know, I went under the weather just a little bit last week. Uh, lost my voice again. Um, seemed to be a trend right now, uh, but I'm slowly recovering. I feel pretty good. I've had a chance to play a few games, so that's always good. I hung out with some family and whatnot. So, yeah, no, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, Phoenix was, uh, if you don't know, Phoenix is in a uh, Creed cover band. Yeah. So he, he I'm working on my, uh, what is it, Scott Staff? Is that what it is? <laughs> Scott Staff. Yeah, I gotta get that Scott Staff hair going on. Need to curl it a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess we'll just, uh, well, I'll cover a couple of the few topics that we've had uh, for this week. Um, are we gonna cover, uh, first we're gonna cover a few games that we've been playing. Me and Phoenix have each have a separate game that we played, and then, uh, I have another, actually played two, and the other one Phoenix has actually played, so we'll touch on that. And then uh, we're going to go into what you wanted to talk about. Well, you wanted to. I added the God of War announcement, if you didn't know. And we'll just go into a couple of the specifics as to that, because I don't know if you know, but that got a release date. So we're going to talk about that. We're a little bit late to Stranger Things, but I definitely did not want us to pass up, you know, the moment to get to share our opinions on the finale of the, what, season, I had to think about it, season four. Mm-hmm. Um, And then what else? Oh, uh, then we actually, me and Phoenix, got to go out with a, family and friends and we got to watch Thor Love and Thunder so that might be kind of interesting um but yeah I guess we'll go straight into it for what you want to start with my game yeah why don't you go and talk about what you've been playing I saw a little bit of your stream but go ahead and tell me what your thoughts were I'm curious mm-hmm. yeah before I got to uh just before or just before I got to I went on vacation and when I came back I got to finish it but I, I finally got to start playing Mortal Kombat 11 um I have a very strong uh, emotional tie to Mortal Kombat, the movie series, I mean. Um, the video game series, a little bit less so, but the movies, the original movie more particular, if you don't know, I've done videos of it on my channel, it's one of my... It's a bad movie, but it's a movie that I love. Um, but yeah, so the games, whenever they kind of come around, I don't generally get straight to them. Um, I feel like I passed up, what, I passed up 10, and Did then before nine? 10... I don't think I passed. I passed on nine too, which I think that's like a beloved one, right? Like well, that's, that's the one. That's honestly the last one I played. That came out like what three sixty era, uh, and it was yeah. kind of like after a really long like hiatus of Mortal Kombat games, at least of good ones. This was kind of mm-hmm. like you know what do you want to say? A reboot because I mean, uh, they didn't call it Mortal Kombat Nine. It was just Mortal Kombat. Um, but I'm really enjoying that. And I hadn't played it in a long time, so I liked how they kind of you know brought everything up to snuff for that particular generation. So yeah, um, it- well, go ahead. It feels like 10 is the one that a lot of people haven't really talked about much. Like, this one, 11's pretty popular. 
And then, like you said, nine felt like a return to form for mm-hmm. Nether Realm and, and Mortal Kombat and all of that stuff. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. Oh, no. Um, but yeah, I, I just got a contemplative just... face. Sorry. Oh, you're good. Um, I guess just my thoughts on, because uh, I'll be honest, I didn't go all in on like every aspect of the game. Fighting games are not necessarily my bag. Although I'll admit the Nether Realm like story modes and campaigns I find interesting, mm-hmm. um, simply because of how they're utilized with the fighting and all that stuff. I find that super intriguing. Um, but yeah, with so with Mortal Kombat 11, all I all I really played was the first half of the story, which apparently there was a second half, which maybe I'll do that on stream. But the second half apparently is its own story because the first half technically does have an end. And it's a, like a really good end, but apparently there's a second half with Shang Tsung, so it's its own like hmm. branch off of the plot. But the first one has like an ending where like the main villain, you know, you deal with and all that stuff. Okay. But um, did you play any me, of like the online multiplayer or anything like that? Get your butt handed to you? I did not. I did not. See, I'm I'm not even that competitive anymore, so mm-hmm. it's not like I have any. I just don't have any inkling within me to. To, to to put myself through that because I already know I'd get my my tail just absolutely yeah. beat. Yeah, fighting games you got to dedicate yourself to because um, they all have their own you know varying lear- learning curves. Really, like Mortal Kombat in general isn't too steep of a curve. Like it's not like uh, the Street Fighters and whatnot. In my opinion, I was going to say Street Fighter people go go crazy with. Yeah, but no, you're right. Like you will get your butt handed to you if you aren't uh, even adequate when you go online. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. Like even when I played nine, like I ran through the story. Um, but I had a lot of buddies that we would sneak away at work and play in the lobby a lot. So we got to play against each yeah. other a fair amount. And that was fun. I mean, I, I think I don't know if it was that point in my life or just kind of where I'm at right now. But I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm not nearly as competitive as I used to be, at least not with games. I don't have the time mm-hmm. to spend on them like that. So if I'm not playing against like just a couple of buddies locally or something like that, yeah, I'm probably not going to do the, uh, the versus mode too often. Yeah, I mean... I agree with you. It's kind of hard, if, especially if you're, you know, soloing playing a Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat game. It's hard to... I mean, I guess now with multiplayer and online, you can go out and do that. But I don't know. I just... I'm just not competitive anymore. And I know I I, I suck at multiplayer games. And well, you're just bad I at just, games, period. Uh, for those who haven't checked, go look at uh, Chaz Man's yeah. Elder Scrolls series where you couldn't get past boss numero uno. So Maybe that's why... 3D World is now my new favorite game. <laughs> it's, it's a little, it's a little baby game for babies. Oh, don't say that. I'm, I'm a baby. It, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I guess um, oh, I just noticed. I, I totally forgot. But like one thing I have to mention as a super negative with this game was not even necessarily like the game itself. It was more the PC port, the PC port of the Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a really weird thing where you can even see it in my streams, but it had a really weird thing where, like, the fighting and stuff, all of the action things were, like, great, crisp. You know, 60 FPS, no problems. But for some reason, in all of the cutscenes, they would all, like, run at, like... They would stutter and run at, like, 15, 20 frame rates per Mm. second. And I ended up looking it up, and apparently it's an issue that NetherRealm knows about. They just never... They never adjusted it because so I because I, I ended up going back to the, I ended up installing it on my Xbox and playing it there mm-hmm. and there the game ran fine you know with no hiccups or nothing. Is it prevalent from your research across like all types of uh, GPUs or is it specific to like Nvidia or AMD or anything like that? That I don't know. I just found a Reddit 
article, you mm-hmm. know, of a bunch of people talking about the PC Game Pass port. And from like six months ago, it's a, a super prevalent issue of everyone talking about like, dude, why have you never addressed? I mean, it could be something super specific. Maybe right. it has been addressed, but yeah, for me, it was it was disorienting enough where I'm like, uh, all right, I'm gonna play it on Xbox. Xbox is fine. Yeah, that's fair. That's the thing about PC gaming, and honestly, like I used to be primarily a PC gamer for a while. Um, but the problem is, like, every game, you got to spend time in the settings. They don't always come out uh, running as optimized or efficiently as they should. And you got to wait for patches and whatever, whatever. And, you know, it gets it gets frustrating to be a PC primary gamer. Like, you definitely get, I think, the better experience once things get locked in and dialed in. But that can take some time. And I personally just yeah. got a little tired of it. And that's the one thing I, I'm always going to appreciate about a console. For the most part, these games are somewhat catered towards their console build. So when you get it, you can be relatively confident you're going to have a mostly smooth experience through and through, unless there's, you know, some barring issue like, you know, a cyberpunk kind of situation. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. But that's I'm sorry to hear that the PC version was a little hiccupy, to say the least. It was bad. It was bad enough to where I'm like, uh, I can't I can't do this. I'm yeah. not like I'm not playing a proper version of a game and I immediately switched over to the series X man and everything ran smooth. And you got a decent kind of mid range PC. I know it's not like top yeah. of the line, but it's not like it's, you know, an ancient PC like mine is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> that's I need right. to rebuild you're, it. It's, it's going on 11, 12 years now, but Hey, it's been going strong. But, well, you're recording. You're doing a podcast right now. So I know. Super intensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, I guess the main um, reason to play this campaign is they had a super interesting ideal where they have this new character. What was her name? Oh, I forgot her name. Oh, Chronica. Hmm. Um, the whole campaign kind of revolves around this character, Chronica, who is, oh man, I totally forgot to write it down. I believe she is the daughter of um, Shinnok. Who Shinnok is one of the elder gods. He's one of the elder gods in the Mortal Kombat lore. Mm-hmm. Could be wrong. Don't don't go to wrong. But I think she's the daughter of Shinnok, and she has she, her. You know the elder gods. They each of them have like a certain role to play in how the universe and how things work. Her specific role is that she can control time. Um, I'm trying to remember what was her reasoning for even what she was doing. Um. Well, I, th- I think basically what she was doing is in each universe, um, Raiden would go through the same thing where Raiden, each time he would gain Shinnok's amulet. And in every universe, he would go and like just ruin everything because it turns him evil or something. Hmm. Um, gosh, I'm trying, it's, it's been like a couple weeks. I'm trying to like. I'll but tell yeah, you, Mortal Kombat lore, like, it's fun you're playing it, it's but kind of weird, going back yeah. and putting it together, I don't know, I'm sure there are some huge Mortal Kombat fans out there that live for that kind of thing, but yeah. I don't know, their lore, although interesting, has never, like, just, like, grasped me. It's fun, it serves, you know, the narratives they throw in mm-hmm. there, but I don't know, maybe I'm just not giving it a fair enough uh, shake, and maybe it's a little deeper than I'm giving it credit for, but, I don't but, know. But you're totally right, like, that is the essence of the campaign, is that yeah, that's cool and fine, the whole um, Chronica and all that story. But the heart of it is that the idea that her about powers and abilities just create chaos for, like, you know, everything is in service of trying to mix up fighting mm-hmm. every different kind of character you can imagine. That's, like, the whole point, you know, is to... Because she'll bring in... Uh, 
each she mixes in like time frames and all of that so she'll introduce like jo young johnny versus old johnny and you'll get all uh you know every type of villain gets re reincarnated or re you know brought back because raiden has basically gone evil and killed them okay. and everything so it it basically all isn't just in service of just oh setting know. up some cool moments to fight yeah yeah well, that's good. That's the point yeah, of that game. So as long as, you know, they're uh, catering to that and, you know, building up some cool scenarios and, you know, character battles, and, yeah, that's the point. Um, and from what I can tell, you said the gameplay was pretty solid from a combat standpoint. Oh, yeah. The fighting looks, like, fantastic. It looks great. Like, you know, it, it's the classic, you know, trying to, you know, perform all of the normal moves that you would normally do. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, I think where Mortal Kombat has always shined has always been the backgrounds. Mm -hmm. You know, while you're always fighting and you can see... I don't know, people dangling from chains or giant beasts in the backgrounds and all that stuff. That I think the Mortal Kombat like war or world it has always like fascinated me and I don't know. It all stems from that one movie That's I love fair. from the nineties. I think part of the reason I haven't been too um uh what's the word is motivated to kind of check out any of the newer Mortal Kombat's, at least from what I've seen on the outside. Once again, I'm not a huge fighting fan. Uh, it mm -hmm. doesn't look like they've really evolved that much. Like when nine came out it was a big step up because to me it was kind of the modernization of Mortal Kombat at that time. And from what I can tell with 10 and 11, it just seems like that uh, maybe, I don't know, a little more perfected, a little more polished. Um, and I know you just said you hadn't played any of the prior ones. I'd be curious to see kind of what you think the evolution of the combat and the systems have been or if they really just have been kind of polishing things for the past few iterations. I tell you what, that, that you pretty much hit the nail on the head. It doesn't really feel all that revolutionary but mm -hmm. it does feel more polished like it still is like super um it's still a super corny super cringy like the dialogue between people most of the time doesn't really make sense people say ridiculous things right and it's just like oh you bumped into me you will pay or something you <laughs> know what i mean and then, yeah and then it'll transition from cutscene that's one thing I've coffee no i spill your blood yeah <laughs> something stupid uh, but yeah, that, that's basically how it is. People say ridiculous things and, you know, it, it makes sense. You know, all people want to do is see characters rip each other's heads off sure. in those games. And it's like, it's like, whatever, you know, whatever gets to the next fight, who yeah. cares? No, that's awesome. And I, th I, and I think NetherRealm definitely leans into that. Like they, it, it's still impressive. Like the, the, the level of campaign and story that they do put in, but it definitely feels like they know, they know what's up. Okay. Um, uh, I don't know. Just kind of running through my notes. Um, yeah, I mentioned Chronica. She's super awesome. Reason for fights are dumb, as is tradition with Mortal Kombat. Uh, okay, I gotta uh, ask, who is your favorite character to play as? In this game? Mm -hmm. Or, or historically? Um, in this one. Who is my favorite character to play as? I'm trying to remember... Uh, I don't know. Um, I would probably say Johnny. Johnny was really? still really, yeah. I've huh. always liked Johnny's like, I don't know. His movesets su always been super fun. He still does the, the junk punch, and he still does throws his like green, green stuff. And I don't know. I felt like Johnny was pretty fun. Another pretty fun one was um, oh man, I can't remember his name. There's a, uh, what's his name? Oh, something Khan. There's a there's a con, not Shao Khan, but there's another con who takes his place. I could look; it'll take me a second. Um, MK Khan. I want to get his name. Um, 
No. What's his name? Oh my gosh, of course typing in MKCon brings up like the most ridiculous. Uh, oh, Kotalcon, I just remembered it. Kotalcon. Oh, no he's a really fun. He's a really fun new character who I think they introduced in, oh man, 9 or 10. Mm-hmm. But uh, he plays like a really good like like substitute for Shao Kahn. Uh, he's just like a big, bigger, larger character who has a big sword. He's pretty fun to play as as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard for me to go too deep into, like, the intricacies of the actual combat because it still feels the same, man. They still have the same uppercut punches. They've got the, um, I will say in the campaign, you don't get to perform any fatalities, which is kind of disappointing. So that's the one thing I did. Well, because. Uh, I get um, that from a story standpoint. They probably can't kill off people at certain points. But yeah, that's half the fun they, right there. Yeah, but in the campaign, but they do have like a new form of a special ability that mm. you can build up after taking enough damage. And those are almost just as, you know, performative, I guess you could say, as okay. the fatalities. Fair enough. I will say if I, if I go back and play it, which I think I will, I think I kind of want to buy um, the Shang Tsung DLC or whatever and play that. Um, I, I think it might be kind of fun to go back. Cause I, know, I know they also have like other game modes. There's like a a tower and or something they have like a bunch of cool stuff okay. i do think it is good Fair enough. i do think i want to uh go back through it all right well i'm glad it sounds like you enjoyed it back uh kind of dipping your toes back into the mortal Kombat realm so that's fun yeah yeah it was fun it's fun more like i said i have a i have a deep history mortal Kombat. it, it uh it, it it's big for ruined me ruined your childhood now you gotta keep it going to your nah, adulthood nonsense that movie um, ruined a lot of childhood <laughs> Which one, the original? Yeah, well, the second one in particular. But... Oh well, yeah, freaking Annihilation. That one's yeah, that was awful. But uh, I don't, I don't guess so. You said you played something, and we have. Oh, I didn't even play the B roll this whole time. That's ah, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I finally got to play a game. I feel like I don't get to do that like ever anymore. Um, but I had my nephews over, uh, so we're looking for something to do. We um, did they have this game or you have this game? Uh, no, it's oh, just you bought me. it. That's right. Yeah, so Mario Party Superstars, I bought it way back. Um, I think I pre-ordered it when they announced it. Was it last year, year before? I don't even remember now. Um, I don't remember. This but, game kind of came and went. Well, yeah. Um, I think it's kind of just Mario Party in general. They're never, like, uh, games I think get a whole lot of, um, oh, what's a way to say this, um, pomp and circumstance or anything. But um, what I liked about this and really appreciated was this was a return to kind of... Um, not a remake. Well, I guess it kind of was a remake or kind of a reimagining of right. the original maps from the first three N64 games. And that's, you know, where I grew up with this game. Um, and I honestly have not been a huge fan of where um, uh, Mario Party has gone in recent years. Like, ever since I want to say like, Mario Party, ooh, like eight or nine, we started like putting you in like cars that the follow train? each other. Yeah. Like they took the the strategy of the board out of it, which I never really liked. And it was just all up to mini games, which fair enough. That's the main point of any of these games, but I don't know. Um, this was nice one. All the, um, mini games were familiar. They were nostalgic. That was fun. It played well. So it was just kind of, you know, a call back to those times. So if you are a Mario party fan, especially if you um, have grown up with the original N64 games, I'd recommend it. It felt fun. I enjoyed it. We had a good time. So, so does it still have the, um, when it comes to actually playing the games, it still has the. It could be one versus four, one versus three, or it could be two versus two, oh, yeah. or all that same stuff. Yeah, depending on what spot you land on, it will decide if you're all on the same team, split teams, one three, uh, two two, four four. However, not four four, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, and I say it's pretty much all the same mini games from one through three. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any. I don't 
I can't remember if there's anything new in there, but it all seemed like stuff just with a fresh coat of paint. So if you liked those mini games, great. If not, you're not going to like them now, but uh, they were fun from what I could recall. I enjoyed them. I will say that the game um, doesn't feel, this, this is probably true for most Mario parties. There's not a lot to it. Like, there's only so many maps. Um, I was, I'm trying to come up with questions to ask, but I'm like, oh, yeah, Mario I mean, Party. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. This is Mario Party. Um, but now, I feel like... Was it only these five levels that they showed, or was there I, more? I think that's all they offer you off the get-go. Um, I haven't gotten very far in like trying to unlock anything. There usually is like one or two extra levels you can unlock. Like Usually there's like a Bowser world or something like that. So I'm going to imagine there's probably six, maybe seven maps when it's all said and done. I haven't done the research on this, so somebody can uh, verify. But yeah, it's not, you know, there's not a lot to it um, as far as unlocking. Oh, and it seemed like all the mini games were unlocked right at the beginning, which that's kind of new. Um, like in the older Mario parties, when you first start the game, you have to, you can't like replay a mini game until you had unlocked it in the campaign yeah. or party mode. Mm-hmm. It looked like was everything any, was just available. Was there any characters locked or no? No, um, but there weren't many characters either. I think you had like that standard eight. You had your Mario and Luigi, Peach. Uh, oh, they had Rosalina in it, which I guess that was kind of new because she wasn't around back in the N64 mm-hmm. days. So they threw her in there. Uh, Wario, Waluigi, uh, Yoshi. That might be it. I'm so there, is, there oh, any unlockable, is there anything to go for unlockable-wise, or is it all just you if play it because is, you want to play with friends? I think that's basically If there is anything to unlock, it was kind of hidden. Like There weren't like any clear like big uh, screens with like a lock or anything on them. Be like, oh, get this many whatevers to unlock. So, but I know Mario Party has some hidden stuff like that. They always have. So I'm imagining, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I'm going to look up real quick, uh, see how many levels are in that. Mario Party Superstars levels. Let's and you guys see. all played on one. Unit, oh yeah, we were right? on one console. Yeah, we didn't uh, yeah. Uh, share all anything. Joy-Con. Yeah, well, you could hook up, um, you know, multiple controllers like uh, pro controllers and whatnot. So there are. Just, this only shows five maps. Um, no maps need to be unlocked. Yeah, so I guess they don't have <clears throat> a Bowser map, which is a little disappointing. And it um, was sixty bucks at retail. I don't. Th- oh, I don't think so. I think this was. Oh man, I can't remember. If this was thirty to forty, I could think. I could think. Oh, that's acceptable. But if it was I mean, any, I pre-ordered it back when. I'm just gonna check really quick. See what. If it was any MSRP. more than forty bucks, I would say. Uh, on Amazon, it's showing like fifty-four. Oh, that's sixty. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Oh yeah, it's sixty bucks at um Walmart and whatnot. So yeah, I guess they were full price for it. Um. I don't know. It's hard to recommend it for full price, especially now because it's been out for a while. You can find it, I'm sure, uh, secondhand mm-hmm. for 30 40 bucks, And it's worth that. I mean, if you've ever enjoyed Mario Party, I like this style of Mario Party better than the newer ones they've done. So for me, this was a good thing. Uh, but if you're looking for something brand new, yeah, this isn't going to be it. This is very much just nostalgia, reimagining of some classic stuff. But it was fun. So Interesting. I'll take your word for it, seeing as how I haven't played it. But uh, speaking of Mario, I did also get to play something else while I was, um, was because I was like dead set on forcing myself to, to work on my Dragon Ball video. I've mm. been working on that for way too long, had to get it out, but periodically I was allowing myself to kind of play something. So like every now and then I would let myself kind of play and I decided to play Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury, the, the like dual pack mm-hmm. on the Switch. And I mentioned to Phoenix prior to uh, us recording, but I think it definitely is recency bias, but I think this was my favorite, maybe, Mario experience I've had. Or 
I don't want to say ever, but definitely recently. This is probably my favorite Mario experience in a bit. I mean, I enjoyed many different aspects of it. And I only played it by myself, so it's not even like I'm playing, you know, with multiple people. But I liked the diversity in each levels. I liked um, basically all of the different boss battles for the most part. I mean, yeah, they were some of them were a lot of them were pretty repetitive, but I feel like it, I feel like I was just looking for something like you. You probably know this, but like occasionally you look for something that is pleasing and that is casual. And I feel like mm -hmm. that's what I was going for. So I was just looking at my I was just like. Because, you know, Mario games tend to be, well, some of them tend to be a little easier. And right. I don't know. I was looking for something that I could just blast through and chill about. Because I think I was stressing over finishing Dragon Ball. Oh, so I, I was can... looking for some. Yeah, no, I yeah. understand that. I was kind of doing the same thing. Like, um, besides, uh, was it Superstars? I also kind of got back into playing what was like uh, Pokemon Let's Go. Just because for the same reason, mm -hmm. it was casual, not stressful, easy going kind of stuff. So, um, nostalgic. Mm -hmm. So that's probably the same kind of feelings you were having about going into this one. Yeah, and I was just looking for something that would like I don't know, turn my brain off and just kind of run around and be be Mario. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to be Mario, right? Oh yeah, I'd rather but be I, Luigi. Just saying. How long has it been since you played this one? Um, well, okay. Well, I played the Bowser's Fury pretty much when it came out. Um, the actual 3D World part I played back uh, when it was still on the Wii U. Uh, I played all the way through it back then. Um, and I mean, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it was my favorite Mario. At least not the time i'd have to really go back and play it to see if i'd still feel that way but um i enjoyed it um and that was when i had co-op right you could play like four people which with one, bowser's fury no no um, the 3d one? world yeah 3d world you could play up to four i think yeah and i did that for a while with um i don't know if it was my nephews i know it's some buddies over when we played um mm -hmm. the co-op so that was fun i mean i enjoyed the game it had good level design um there were some i think cool moments or levels in it I just don't think I could say it's my favorite Mario, but wh why do you think it's your favorite? Well, I I, I, I don't know. I, I I feel like I I feel like my opinion is very recently recency biasedy, so I immediately think I mean I'm immediately willing to take that back. I I think for a recent You're too easy, Chaz. Come on, stand stand up for it. Fight for it. Fight for that opinion. <laughs> well. It's hard to fight. I'm like after thinking about it, it's hard to really fight for that opinion because I do feel like the base game for 3D World. Now that I think about it, was kind of formulaic. It definitely followed a lot of the same things of a Mario game. So I guess then you would start getting into the the the, the idea of like, you know, does a better version of an old game, you know, does just because it looks better, does it make it better? I mean, it still had like. You would go through each level, and there was to be a castle at the end of the level. Mm -hmm. You play that level. I mean, I guess the only thing for me that I'm trying to think of what really helps it stick out from previous Mario games, I would say some of the the Bowser like car battles mm -hmm. mixed in were kind of cool at the end of the castles. Oh yeah, I remember those. But even those <clears> are, <throat> I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't say revolutionary. I mean, you kind of just dodge and you. He had Bowser while he's driving his car. I'm not saying it um, has to be the most innovative thing in the world. Is not what I'm getting at. I mean, you can love the game for what it is. If you feel like maybe it perfected certain things or had just really good level design. I'm not saying it had to, you know, 
be this grand new expansive thing. I'm just, you know, I'm curious what you really liked about it. Yeah. I, I have heard people, um, like I know when they re-released this, I heard people kind of chiming off on forums saying that, yeah, I think 3D World's the best Mario. And they were kind of revisiting it and they're like, yeah, that just confirmed it for me. So I'm not saying there aren't people out there that share that opinion. I don't necessarily, but I'm not trying to invalidate yours. Well, what, what I, I guess what I like the most is the <clears throat> diversity in the levels. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably my favorite aspect. But, I mean, now that I think about it, like saying diversity in levels when it comes to Mario is not a new idea. I mean, that's like what Mario is built upon is, mm-hmm. you know, incredible. Oh, here's a water level. Here's ice. You know, here's all sorts of things. And I don't know. I, I liked it. I'm... Um, was the cat form, was this the game that built that, or was that yeah. already in previous games? That uh, to was... my knowledge, that's the first time it had come out. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess that would be a major point to to bring up, is that the game kind of revolved around that. Like, mm-hmm. the whole boss... Oh, no, think about it. The boss battle where Mario or Bowser turns or uses the the cat bell is oh, kind of cool. Geez, you know, spoilers, you're... man. No, I'm just uh, if everybody hasn't played this game, it's like probably what eight years old now, and you know. If anyone's never played a Mar- ever played a Mario game, you beat Bowser at the end. Yeah, but not necessarily in cat form. Come on, not just uh, he's what would you call him? Would you call him Catzer? Ca- ca- Catzers? I don't know. Catzers? Okay. Uh, Katzer, sure. Bowser. Yeah, we'll go with I that. Know. I don't know what's his cat form <clears throat> called. Oh, I got, I got nothing <laughs> for you. No, but uh, yeah, I mean. It's hard for me to give my opinion on Bowser's Fury because I, I haven't played that much of it. I'd say mm-hmm. I maybe, for I know I just beat the because uh, there's like islands that spring up after each time yep. you beat Bowser and his in his uh, I still don't quite know yet what Bowser is. I'm assuming he is. Uh, I don't know. I've seen some of the painted Mario's running around that are from Super Mario Sunshine, and aren't those generally a Bowser, child or something? Uh, oh, man, I'm trying, no, well, I'm trying, I'm, it's not the same as it was in Sunshine. Um, the I'm goop tr- he's made out of, or whatever's taking hold of him is not? It's different. Um, I can't remember exactly. I, I played Bowser's Fury, but it was now probably a year ago, so I don't remember the specifics of it. Um, hmm. I do wish, like, I mean, okay, so I agree that 3D World was a solid, like, I almost want to say more traditional style Mario. Um, as far as like you have a level, you complete it, get to the flagpole, move on. Um, but I really liked the Bowser Fury stuff. Like when the game re-released, mm-hmm. I didn't go back and play all 3D World. I kind of just touched base on a few levels. I spent my time in Bowser's Fury, and I was very impressed with that for the most part. Really? Um, mm-hmm. Like I think I asked you this prior. You didn't play a huge amount of Odyssey, did you? I didn't get far. I got maybe four four hours in, which okay. you know that's not that much. Well, so I am kind of on middle standing with Odyssey. I really like the gameplay of it, and some of the little worlds are really good, but overall, that's not my favorite game either. I mean, solid from a gameplay perspective, but maybe it's the leveling structure of it. just didn't really do it for me. Uh, I wish it would have went a little bit further with it. Bowser's Fury kind of feels like the advancement of that. This actually feels like an open-world Mario. Not saying that everything is just better because it's open-world, but... Um, it actually worked really well here. Um, you still have very diverse segments as you move around this environment, mm-hmm. um, but they had a bunch of fun little challenges, a bunch of secrets kind of hidden throughout. You get to kind of backtrack once you kind of learn new skills or unlock things. Like, I don't know, I liked the way that world was laid out. It was relatively compact, but 
honestly, it felt like a good length for this. I mean, it felt like an experiment is really what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would really hope that if they do Odyssey 2 or whatever, it's kind of built upon the core of what Bowser's Fury is a little bit. Um, do you have any B-roll for that? I just want to kind of look at it again. Oh, for Bowser's Fury? Yeah. Yeah, I have it right here. I guess now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder if I just don't like 3D... Or, I don't want to say 3D, but, like, I wonder if I don't like open-world Mario. You like the more level-specific ones. I think I like the more level-specific, which... I guess you could say that goes for a lot of the older ones, too, because, like, I liked Sunshine, but Sunshine is not my favorite. I Mm -hmm. feel like Sunshine was just an interesting ideal, and it hit on, like, the GameCube, which, you know, I don't know. I feel like that was just a a prime reason to get a GameCube, and that's just what a lot of people were playing. Mm Mm-hmm. But, but Sunshine is definitely not my favorite. Um, I feel like the only one I have a super fondness for would be um, Super Mario 64. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wonder if maybe I just don't like as much the open worldness. I kind of like, like you were saying, the structured, maybe side view, 2D form of Mario maybe more. I'm not, okay. I don't know. I would really recommend check out Bowser's Fury and see if that changes because it plays different than like an Odyssey play, kind of I'm thing. I'm playing it. I'm just not very far. Yeah, because um, I don't know. I'm kind of mixed on what my preferable kind of Mario style is. Like as far as the um, like you know traditional side scroller ones, I think my issue is my favorite side scroller Mario's are the OG ones. I mean, like I grew up with those. Mario 3 and Super Mario World are probably my favorite. Um, it, I always lean towards Super Mario World, but I, the argument for 3 being better is uh, very, very valid. Um, both those are my faves. And even though like they do a lot of newer kind of revisions of that with 3D World and whatnot, they never really seem to me to match up to the old school ones. That's probably a lot of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I feel like they kind of lack some character. I think it's part of the issue. These newer kind of level-based ones. I feel like they have a lot of callbacks and throwbacks to, you know, those older-style Marios. But, I don't know, something about them just seems less charming. Maybe it's the art style they go with just kind of looks well, too... Would, I don't know. That would make sense why you like the open-worldness more, because, like you said, the the, the, the 2D aspect ones are so... Um, are so... I You know, I can't... They're so... I. It's the word. Iconic? What are you thinking? Iconic. That's what I was thinking. Maybe. And I said, it's definitely nostalgic. It's hard to live up to those if you recreate. To me, the side-scroller kind of level-based Mario was perfected by uh, back then. Mm -hmm. Not saying that the new ones don't have a lot to offer in the level design. Like, I've enjoyed 3D World and... um, what else has been in that realm? They have like the um, new Super Mario Brother games and stuff like that. They all are fun. They all offer some cool gameplay mechanics. But they just... I don't know. They don't hook me. They feel like a retread in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. That's probably not fair. Um, so for at least modern Marios, I lean towards the 3D because they feel like they are doing something very different. Um, Odyssey felt almost, I don't know, it wasn't different enough. I know people love Odyssey for various reasons. They more because the gameplay, but um, I don't know. Bowser's Fury felt almost more like a Mario 64 because you kind of have like a more open, expansive area to kind of move between, almost like a hub world, if that makes sense. But it's not. Everything's just kind of fully connected. Ooh. I don't know. I, I really appreciate what Bowser's Fury did. So I'll kind of leave it at that since, you know, yeah. I want to go on for an hour about it. But play that. Try to play it all the way through. I yeah. think you might surprise yourself with how much you like that one. And if not, then maybe the 3D ones truly aren't for you. Yeah. I, I do wonder, like, 
it, something that I've been noticing since I've been streaming and doing all sorts of YouTube stuff is it is much harder for me to finish a game when I'm not recording, when I'm not streaming or something. Mm. I don't know why. It, you know, I, you, you get the creative bug. And it's just like all of us, you know, like I've, sh- I've told you, but like now all of a sudden it's like, I want to, I want to record everything I'm doing. I want to put everything on here. And it's like, I was actually surprised I finished, um, 3d world. I mm. was, just... and I guess another thought I just had is, um, a reason why it might be pretty high up there for me is not, maybe not necessarily the game itself, but it might be more of just, I'm, I'm sure you know this, but like. Like, I feel like maybe a timing when you play a game can mm. mean a lot as to, like, your experience. Oh, yeah. Like, like if you're playing something that you're not, like, super invested in or you don't have a lot of time to put into it, that can affect your experience. But, like, the fact that I was, you know, working on the Dragon Ball video and trying not to let myself play something, but I was kind of playing something on the side and I, want, I was looking for something casual. I mean, it, it could be I liked it just because that's what I was looking for. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It it Scratch wasn't like that, that itch was... kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, which that's an interesting, you know, idea. Maybe you know, yeah. Maybe like uh, when you play a game is almost as important as the game you play. Yeah. No. Well, I think here's the thing: games and how much you enjoy them is subjective. I mean, there is an objective argument you can make about you know quality aspects of a game and whatnot, but even that doesn't lead to your enjoyment of a game. You could have mm. you know an objectively mediocre game and still love it because you played it at a certain time in your life where just i don't know it checked all the right boxes or you're in a certain mindset like there are games i played back in the 360 days which i know are probably not the best games but i love them because i was just in a different place in my life then they connected to Mm -hmm. me differently so and that's you know that's the beauty of games they connect with you because they immerse or you immerse yourselves in them as much as you or more so than you can immerse yourself i think into other forms of media they kind of wrap up um parts of your life into these games so mm-hmm. um i'm sure that is probably very much the case this probably just you know was really satisfying because it checked off the right box right now for you at this point what you're doing and you know made it very favorable mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's like you know when god of war ragnarok or whatever whatever the next big 50 hour game because when it comes out you know for you know that may not be the experience that a college student who's like desperately frantically needing to work on a college paper you know that same week it comes out so I don't know, you know, someone who may even be excited for it. If, if if that game comes out the week someone's desperately doing something, I can imagine that would affect their their joy of playing that game. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, like um, you know, on a similar kind of vein. Um, so not so much Ragnarok, but I've mentioned this now on this podcast forever. I've been dying to play oh, that Horizon, uh, Horizon game. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing: like, if I went back, you know, ten years ago, I would have been dying to play that the moment it came out. I would have enjoyed every moment of it, just soaked it mm-hmm. in. The hype would have got me through and all that kind of stuff. Nowadays, though, like I look at that game and it's daunting. Like um, the first game, I think it was like a 60 hour game, uh, which not the longest game, not a short game either. Um, So I'm now going into the sequel thing. Okay, this is going to be 60 hours of my life. And right now that takes the enjoyment out of it for me, trying to just Mm. anticipate that. I think I loved the first game so much because I I did not play it when it first came out. It was years after I had the Game of the Year editions, I had all the DLC, and I'm like, I've got, you know, a little bit of time. I'm just going to hop into this. And I let myself just kind of get soaked into it. I didn't feel like it was this daunting task. My life kind of fit right at that moment to play that kind of game. And it worked out really well. But if I try to play the second game right now with as daunting as it feels and everything mm-hmm. else going on, I doubt I would enjoy it, even though it probably is a very, very good game. At a point in my life, I'd probably enjoy it more. So that's oh, kind of why I keep I, putting it off. 
Yeah, it's really good. I think that's why it's a good thing for you to keep pushing it off until you you just wait till you have that three day three day period or maybe a week period. I need like more than like, three days. Like that's my thing yeah, for a game I, like that. I gotta soak it in and a week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It would suck, you know. You're you're we, you're you're you know, you're all busy and you're like periodically playing a game, but you're also thinking about what other things you have to do. I mean, I can I can get that. Yeah, for me, I think that's the point I got to with certain games. I felt pressured to play these big games when they came out because you know I wanted to um, be part of the water cooler kind of discussion and whatnot. So I would fight through these long or you know whatever the big hyped up game is during busy mm-hmm. spots of my life. And I mean, I enjoyed them because many of them were solid games, but I didn't enjoy them like. I'm not. I don't look back as fondly on them. I think part of it is because I felt rushed to have to go through them. So, but I'll get off the topic. I know we've been on this for a little bit, but yeah, the time of your life that you play a game can make a big difference in your enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I, and I, I'm glad I brought that up because I do think maybe that, maybe that for me was what, uh, what really you know, what really like uh, made me really like the game. It's just I played it at a good time and it was a fun. It was a fun game. Yep. You know, it, it may not be too in depth or too crazy, but it was just it was fun. I don't know. That's all I could say. <laughs> Alrighty. So we're going to move on to our first major topic of this week. And I don't know. I thought, I thought it might be just kind of interesting just to kind of mention. But if you don't know, I've got an article here. But God of War Ragnarok was finally announced to have a release date. So Sony Santa Monica have confirmed that the game will release this year. And the date is da, 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 November 9th. Yeah, this is kind of um, old news now. This is like a week and a half ago they finally announced it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, yeah, there's not really a heck of a whole lot that they announced. They did drop a trailer, which I'll play a little bit of. They dropped a trailer. What else did they got? They dropped the... Uh, you got a nice little photo here of the Collector's Edition. So if that's something you're interested in. Uh, comes with the, what Thor's Hammer it looks like and a bunch of other little collectibles. Um, but so uh, yeah, What I found I, I guess, so weird about this announcement... Um, because you know the stuff that was going on right before they announced it right how they were like almost being harassed uh that's what i have in the notes okay i'm sorry i'm jumping ahead no 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 you're good um but yeah like you were saying it's just uh, i have it here odd story of fan hate slash harassment towards studio for no news um did you want to talk about any of it do you know any of the specifics um i know some of it but i know the gist of it is just that yeah some fans sent some fairly um uh what's a good way to say this not very PG comments to some of the developers mm-hmm. um, trying to either encourage them or threaten them into like giving a release date. And I know there were some nasty pictures of genitalia sent towards some people. Yeah. Female, just some very inappropriate people. ways to, mm-hmm. you know, advocate or try to, you know, probe getting details about the game. Um, and I think what's so weird about this is they put out a statement almost immediately like, hey, we don't appreciate this. You're not going to get more information by doing this kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. then like the very next day or in the very next two days, they put out the announcement. Like, yeah. I feel like that kind of sends the it wrong like message. It the harassment. Yeah, I'm not saying they did. Like, they probably already had this scheduled. I mean, I would hope they already did. And they were going to announce it at this point anyway. But the timing there just seems really unfortunate because even though they came out and said, hey, you doing this does not help you get what you want, pretty much everybody got what they wanted and they're probably going to attribute it to acting that way. So I don't know. I don't know what you do if you're in that position as a company. Do you take, you know, stand on your moral ground and you just wait to release the release date even longer or do you stick with marketing if it was something that was already planned? That's, that's a weird situation. I don't know. 
See guys, if you want to find out information, I just thought about it. You got to do what that one guy did with uh, what was it F Zero? Did you hear about that story? Mm-mm. Uh, some some person uh, because they wanted they wanted to know what was going on with F Zero and why there's no game. This person, I think it might have been a guy. I'll just say guy, but this guy went out and spent forty thousand dollars, bought forty thousand dollars worth of stock. So that he could be involved in in, uh, in, in meetings. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a big story, but uh, yeah, he bought forty thousand dollars worth of stock, and he asked the CEO or something. He got to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Or, might have been a voice meeting or something. He got to be involved. He was just like, "Where's F Zero?" Yeah. <laughs> the guy, the the guy gave him some basic like. Yeah. We we well, love everyone's love. For I guess everyone. a better route to go than sending people. Uh you know, lewd photos of yourself. Yeah. At least then you feel like story. you have some kind of, you know, valid stake in it, but that's still, mm-hmm. that's an extreme one too. It was just funny so. to hear some dude spent 40000 for stock and yeah. he got some super corporate basic answer as to, yeah. we'll think about it. I don't feel too bad for the guy. If he spent 40000 bucks on it, he had money to blow. So yeah, <laughs> more power to him. But I don't know. Yeah. That was just a weird way to go about this announcement because this mm-hmm. people have been waiting and anticipating this so much, and to have that kind of negative connotation on the announcement now just kind of feels weird. I don't know. I just feel like they caved into the mob, kind of the mob mentality. Yeah, and I don't know if that's the case. Um, I hope not, but you know, I mean, it is what it is ultimately. But um, I don't know. I'm I'm really trying to put myself in their shoes. I mean, here's the thing: like, when if say assuming they already planned on having this particular date revealed as the day and they were going to say it on whatever date they announced it already. Mm-hmm. Um, changing that can mess up their flow quite a bit. I mean, I don't know how their marketing structure works, but once things get put into motion, sometimes it's hard to adjust and tweak that. So there's a lot and, of balls uh, rolling. So I do have a question because I, I did actually add something into the discussion section of our notes. Um, I'll roll, I'll roll these two questions into one, but for me, I, th- I thought of these immediately was, um, was this announcement anticlimactic in any way? And should it have been in a state of play? And the state of play, if you didn't know, there were rumors that Sony Santa Monica mm-hmm. or Sony in general was going to have a July. I mean, there's a rumor. They were going to have a July God of War oriented state of play. And of course, that's gone. Mm-hmm. So, um, so <clears throat> oh, sorry. So yeah, should this was was it anticlimactic? Should it have been in in the state of play? They just had that state of play, what last month or the month before? Yeah, like, it felt weird to me. Um, it just kind of was like bam there. Even if it didn't have the controversy around it, if they still would have dropped it like they did, it I just kind of like, was weird. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of came out of nowhere. It was like bam, here's a game. And I mean that's fine. They can do whatever they want. I mean they probably want to you know separate themselves from other game announcements that happened during the quote unquote E three time. Um, but it didn't have a whole lot of, you know, celebration to it, really. It's just like, here it is, the thing you've been waiting for for years. Bam, there's the date. Here's the gameplay trailer. Mm-hmm. Which And this... We're good. No, I was going to say, I mean, I'm not sure what I would have really wanted from it, but I guess this is kind of where I've been feeling like hype culture has kind of been getting lost with gaming over the past year or so. Like you kind of lost on E3 this past year. Um, I think COVID really had an effect on this too. Cause like a lot of dates were so like, you know, um, soft. They didn't have any firm dates or anything releasing. So it's hard to get hyped up about a game. Cause you didn't know what was coming out. And this just feels like, you know, an accumulation of all that kind of stuff. Like this game that normally would be hyped up like crazy with this huge reveal, preferably like a big E3 spectacle, uh, spectacle kind of showing. It's just mm-hmm. like, all right, here's a Kotaku article and a um, you know gameplay trailer. We'll see in a few months. 
So I don't know. Maybe that's just the state of where the industry's at. They don't feel like they need to do more than that. And maybe they don't. I mean, this game is going to sell like, you know, um, uh, was it hotcakes no matter what? Hotcakes, Jim. Mm, hotcakes. Mm. Uh, but I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I've gone back and forth. And I know for those who have listened to this podcast, I've gone back and forth on my opinion on how good hype culture is. Like in some ways, I think it can ruin a game. But I feel like there's been such little hype now for stuff lately mm. that I don't know. Gaming just in general has felt a little kind of blase, kind of bland. But and the way it is me. is like I don't want to throw too much at the the developers and the um um and the you know the big game companies, but. I feel like when they roll out an announcement in this way, to me it just feels kind of half, half A double S in a way. Like it's just like a thirty-second trailer cinematic that doesn't look that impressive. It just you know this looks like it could have been shot back when twenty sixteen or whatever God of War was came out. And yeah, it looks about the same as the old God of War right now, which I know it's not, and I'm sure somebody's yeah. going to jump down our throats for even saying that. But you're right. I don't feel like this trailer is super impressive it's got a giant wolf know. that's cool uh. <laughs> uh i don't know it just it just to me it felt totally underwhelming and the mm -hmm. timing was off i just i don't know as a sony person i would have been like dude this would have been so cool to put in some event or something or i don't know yeah or at least something announced be like okay tune in next week we're gonna drop a, a 30 second trailer even if you announced it but like the fact that it was unannounced after some controversy like you said it's just eh. Yeah. Now, do you think this game will get delayed? I know a lot of people are still not a hundred percent on this date actually happening. Or do you think like because they've waited so long that they're pretty firm that this date's gonna be the date and it's gonna happen? I think at this point it would be detrimental for Sony to delay because I feel like with this game at least they own the holiday season. Yeah. Like what else is there? There's a Call of Duty. I Pokemon think. is coming out. Pokemon, so that's gonna sell really well. They own. I mean, they own Microsoft pretty much with the holidays, with Starfield being mm -hmm. pushed back. So, I would say this has to come out. I mean, I, you know, it, I mean, what else? What else does Sony really have going on for them? I mean, if if this game gets pushed back, then I feel like isn't it a cinch that um elden ring is game of the year i mean i feel like that's the thing everyone talked about for the short time period uh, when it came out maybe i'd have to think back to what if anything released beyond that um but maybe i don't know um i guess i just i don't know i still am hesitant that that's the date i don't know maybe i was just so um i'm thinking of a good way to say this i'm just not confident it's coming out this year. I feel like they were so quiet on it for so long and to release it without such, you know, celebration, it kind of feels like, okay, you're going to make, you're going to make people play skull and bones on November 8th oh. instead of God of war on November 9th. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like if this game, it may have come thinking of like old release schedules and kind of how it was where like they would announce a game and it's release date, like eight mm -hmm. months in advance because, and they could almost be sure the game was going to come out then because they still had a lot of time to kind of, you know, prep it, polish it, game to go gold, etc. This feels like it's so close to release date that it worries me. Like, okay, why, if they were so sure this game was going to be ready in November, why couldn't they have told us in, you know, early summer, early spring, however long? Or is it is a thing they just realized, hey, this game's going to come out in time? Like, I don't know. If it, if it does get pushed back, this makes me feel at least positive. Not positive, because I've been trying to get a PS5 for like a year now. But like, if this gets pushed back, this at least for me is like a okay you know and i have a little less reason to get a ps5 even though there's good stuff on there eternal man St still the Returnal best game i'm sorry 
Yeah, I know. But um, but yeah, like I said, this is a you know, God of War is a system seller, and it's yeah. like if you don't have God of War for the holiday season, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not saying is... that I want it to be delayed. Of course, I don't. I mean, I love, I well, want to play the game. I know you don't. Um, I just got this gut feeling, and my gut is wrong all the time. But I don't know. This just feels weird. The way it was announced, how quickly it was announced. We're in July, and it's November. I mean, I guess there's a little bit of time there, but not a lot. Um, I don't know. I know Sony's not in the um, the camp of we put out bad games or unpolished games. So I would imagine if they commit to a date and they release it, the game's going to be in good shape. I would certainly hope so. Um, yeah, Santa Monica, yeah. And and this is Sony's baby. Like the, the last thing they want to do is to roll out a bad, a bad first-party game. You know, Which makes you feel like if game. they didn't feel like this was going to be ready on November, they would delay it. So, I don't know. I Maybe mean, it's just me feeling like this just feels too quick for a date to all of a sudden be thrown up there. Um, just not being confident. You also, you also have a lot of the argument, though, of a lot of people with... Um, which I think is overblown, but there's the whole... Um, been a lot of hate for this game, and I think Horizon as well, about like reused animations and reused... Um, I don't care about what's that. What's it called? Uh, which you know, games have been doing that for decades. Like that's nothing new. Like especially like a sequel yeah. uh, that's built on the same engine. And I don't know. I'm pretty um, sympathetic to that kind of stuff. Like there's pretty, plenty of new content in this. That a few you reused expect, animations. You expect someone within a few years of a game to completely rebuild every game from the ground up? It's and why it's do the animations realistic. need to be different? Like even if you think about it from a lore standpoint. So. This game is taking place relatively, you know, soon after the last game. Like, I don't know what animation specifically they're talking about, but if it's like Kratos is rolling in animation, why was, would his role was, change? Yeah. Like, um, that's how Kratos has rolled for the past, you know, two games. That's how he's learned to roll. He's going to roll if that way again. If the yeah. previous game, like, was critically acclaimed and was, you know, universally loved, like, wouldn't you want? another story in that universe qu as quick as you can, you know? Yeah, my point I, is... I would, I would, Oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say, I, I would be open to them reusing animations if I could get another great story as soon as possible. Yeah, know? if they're investing their time on other better parts of the game, new content, better story, whatever, whatever. I don't, as long as the animation wasn't bad to begin with, I don't care they're reusing it. So here's the thing games always reuse assets, whatever those assets may be. Mm -hmm. People just want to find something to critique. And I don't think that's the thing you should, or the hill you should be dying on by any means. So. If you're gonna re, if you're gonna build everything from the ground up, you would, you would get a God of War every five to ten years, not, you know, every what this one's like three years after the previous one, three to you know. It's been a while, yeah. Well, I, I just certainly hope. Was it 2017, 2018, something like that? Yeah. It... Oh, was it? It was definitely. It's been at least three years, probably yeah, a little more than that. Good. Um, I don't know. I certainly hope this game comes out. Um, but I'll tell you. I am still nervous about it. And I here's the thing like Sony too, and you've probably noticed it. Like when Sony has a good generation, then their following generation, they're I don't know, they always come across a little overly confident. And I feel like they've they already start, they start sniffing their, their farts a little bit. Yeah, and they I feel like they've already done that a little bit this generation. Maybe not to the extreme with the uh, PS three generation, but I feel they've got that airness about them already. And Although I don't think they would do this, it also wouldn't completely surprise me if they're like, you know what, we we're gonna go ahead and just show ourselves off as the you know the number one platform on the holiday season. We're gonna release this game; it's gonna be fine. And they release it too early or something. See, I up just with thought it. about Sony's other major game this year is uh, is a remake. Is a uh, Last of Us re re, oh, re, -re yeah. remake? That's their other major title for the holiday season, and it's like 
man, if God of War got pushed back and their only major game for the holiday season is a re 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 mm-hmm. re remake, uh, I mean, maybe they're feeling pressure. I don't know. Maybe they're not. I don't, it's hard to read Sony sometimes. They still are a market leader in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, yeah, well, no doubt. you could argue Nintendo, but um, comparative to Microsoft. Although Microsoft has made a lot of traction over the past year or so, Sony's still top dog as far as everybody else can tell. So I don't know. It's their game to lose at this point. So we'll see. Um, uh, I'll tell you, I probably won't play God of War when it comes out anyway. I probably won't be till sometime if next I year. If I get a so. PS5 by then, I will. I just, I, I, I know you sent me something about some being sold Saturday at Good GameStop and. Yeah, they have some live ones. That's honestly the easiest way to get it. That's how I got my um, Series X a year ago. Um, I got an email like that from GameStop saying, hey, we're going to have some in stock. And if you have that day off, and I know that's the catch, you go at like 5 a.m. and you wait in line. I know that's old school. Some people don't like doing that, but it's a guarantee. I would be down. I just, I got to not work. Yeah. Go. Well, I it's good to, to be here. Uh, I was gonna buy you God of War if you could go get it for I me. Couldn't. But I'm good. It's good to see they're starting yeah. doing those events now because for the longest time, like you could only get PS5s online. So to see them mm-hmm. start to pop up in stores with some like heads up on when they're coming out, that's a good sign. You'll start seeing some more. So I don't know. Yeah, think about it. Would it even? Would Sony even care? And I, because I, I, I was thinking about God of War being a system seller, but. They, Sony can't even put out enough systems for people to get anyway. So what would it matter if they push back God of War? Because they can't make enough systems. For They'll sell to more buy PS4s. Because uh, this is going to be PS4 too. It's not just PS5. Oh, so you think it would affect more their PS4s than their PS5s? I mean, I think yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the PS5 is going to sell no matter what. Um, long term, this will continue to be a system seller for years to come. It adds <laughs> to the library. Um, but I think this will, you know, push any other PS4s that are still floating out there. Granted, don't, are they even doing production on PS4s anymore? Do they stop those? They oh, restarted it, like, not long ago. Oh, they like restarted? I was yeah. if nothing else, the second-hand market will jump up again on them. But, um, I don't know. They want to sell copies of this game. So they probably don't care too much what platform. you got to think, too, they're looking at a huge PS4 install base already. So they can mm-hmm. probably think the majority or a large percentage of their current uh, player base are going to dive into it and buy it. So there's still, you know, a lot of rationale to push this game out as soon as possible. And you just restart production on PS2s and oh, sell yeah. it for PS2. Yeah. yeah. There you go. See? Take advice from me. You'll have a fine business. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> All right, yeah, we'll move on. Uh, so, yeah, God of War, that's coming out. Um, our next major topic is um, me and you both, I mean, like almost immediately when it came out that weekend of, is uh, we got to watch Stranger Things 4 Volume 2. Um, guess I'll start the bureau where my notes at, where my notes, uh, but, uh, yeah, I guess I'll let you go ahead. What did, what did you think? What was, uh, what was your major takeaways? Uh, it's the best season since one for sure. I mean, I agree. Totally. One was good just because, you know, it had the nostalgia. It was kind of mysterious and you didn't expect a whole lot from it. So it didn't need to reveal a whole lot. It seemed to be a fun kind of, you know, pseudo campy thriller kind of experience. And it was. Then two and three, they tried to, you know, expand the world, expand the universe. And I don't know, just feel like it meandered a lot. Like it didn't do a lot with certain characters or kind of, you know, um, I don't know, really warrant while certain characters were even doing stuff. So I feel like this is the first time they've kind of brought it back full circle with an interesting narrative that ties back to some of the original core lore in the first uh, season. Um, There's still a lot of wasted characters in this uh, show. I'm not going to lie, but... 
this had a lot of really cool moments and added a lot as far as um, just lore and motivation for stuff. Like that was my biggest issue, I think, with um, the past three seasons of Stranger Things in general, is I didn't feel like there was a reason for the upside down to be a thing and for like what the mm. mind flare to be going after Hawkins and these kids. Like it was just this big, bad enemy. Um, and that was fine in season one, because once again, you don't need to have a whole lot in season one. It just had to be a fun premise, but two and three, I don't think really ever gave enough motivation there. I felt like it was kind of spinning its wheels. And it, I, don't I think know. the theory now is that he, he, I, I don't know if it, if they intended it to be, but theory now is that the creature that kidnaps will, at the end of the first season or whatever, the creature you see at the very beginning, that's Vecna. Just an earlier form of Vecna or something like that. I don't know. A kidnap that, will? I'm trying I to remember. You, you see a demigorgon that's oddly shaped in the very first season, at the very beginning. And I think the theory is that that is Vecna, but I don't mm, know. If I that, feel like that's that, a stretch. Is, I think um, it was a stretch. I'd have to look uh, back at that first season to see. Um but I don't know. I guess my point being is I like very much that there is now someone with a clear motivation, some big bad guy besides just some floaty spider creature that's, mm -hmm. you know, causing all this stuff to happen. He has clear goals about who he's even trying to go oh, after. Spoilers. Oh, yeah. Well, they should <laughs> know by now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I never should know. Um, so I, know, I, I, I appreciated I, that. I agree. I, I kind of liked that whole idea of... Um, Cause like you were saying, the whole idea of the the um, shoot, what's the what was the creature called? You just said the mind flare. Um, a mind flare. The whole idea of the mind flare seemed kind of like nebulous. And yeah. You didn't really have any sort of like direct idea, or you couldn't even form up ideas of what it was. It was just so this evil it, entity. Um, and it's to just be, like an evil energy or something. Yeah. yeah and to and be fair, can, like a lot of the '80s thriller movies were kind of like that. You just had some creepy evil bad thing that you know was killing everybody but in a lot of those situations especially back in the 80s it was like a one-off kind of spin-off thing it was fine for that one thing but to make a whole series around that idea you've got to give it more than that and i feel like two and mm -hmm. three as far as a season tried but i don't know i don't know if they would just drag it out too long or if they i am curious um if they had this story planned out from season one, like they already knew about Vecna and what, what's his actual name? Henry? Is that what it is? Uh, Henry. Yeah. Henry Creel. Yeah. I'm curious if they had all that, uh, plotted out back in season one or not, or if that's something well, that's they just why I said, I doubt that was, um, Vecna and the season one that you see walking down the street. I think that might've been just a demigorgon shaped differently. I, I don't believe that they had it planned out like that, but yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. Um, I'm, I'll give them benefit of the doubt because I haven't heard one way or the other if they had that planned or not. But um, that would make a lot more sense while season two and three felt, I don't know, so bleh, kind of blasé. Um, yeah. And then four really feels like they're just hitting hard. Like, they're throwing all this stuff in. So it feels like a lot of this is, like, almost new revelation to them. And I think, to be to, to, to their credit, even if it is new stuff they just kind of wrote out of the past, you know, year or so um it does fit very well i feel like they've done a good job on tying it back into old lore and old events and stuff like that mm -hmm. so whether it is what they started with or not i like the direction they're going with it um i mean i'm not saying i'll oh, go ahead no go say, say, no, say like um something that i very much took away from <clears throat> gosh that i very much took away from this season which i think now is my new opinion of stranger things as a whole is to me stranger things feels I don't take it as serious now in terms of a show in itself. Like I do think it 
has a feasible plot. It has all sorts of things that make it feel like a coherent story and show. But I feel like what I like now about the show that I'm kind of noticing, which I think most people probably already thought to have the opinion of, but I feel like to me, Stranger Things feels like a good, it's a good avenue for like nostalgia. It's like nostalgia porn yeah. <laughs> in a way, like every single reference, every single thing that they put in there is all sorts, some sort of callback. Like, I almost feel like they, I almost feel like they build the story and the plot around Oh yeah, the nostalgic elements. That was the whole point of this show. Rather than building a pitched. thing and then putting in nostalgic elements. Yeah, this was an homage to the Stephen King uh, style of story and movie and whatnot. Uh, and Friday very, the Thirteenth and all sorts of stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and it very much is that. Uh, I mean, I think it definitely has its own identity, but yeah, it all is pulling from a lot of '80s thriller, horror, nostalgia kind of stuff. And I think that makes me like it more because now I'm I don't look at it as serious now. Now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden when I'm watching, I'm like keen on like paying attention to like what i might point out that's like ooh, there's this from this you know there's this from this and every like plot element if you really think about it is all pulled from like you were saying from some other form of media from years prior you know and i think you really felt that like season one did a really good job on that like that was the premise and you could you know kind of take that exactly for what you just said it's just kind Mm -hmm. of a nostalgia trip with some cool homages and references with a you know a spooky kind of story to go along with it Season two and three, I think, tried to lean into that more, which is weird, nostalgic kind of 80s camp to it. But that's all it offered. And I think we're already kind of past that after season one. Like, they're like, okay, I've gotten my 80s fix. What's new here? And they didn't really add a lot as far as, like, good lore or good motivation to these guys. I mean, they added some new characters and some cool moments. But this is the first season that really, I think, took a step back and reinvigorated the narrative. Like, Mm-hmm. The stuff these characters are doing is more interesting now. There's reasoning, once again, for why things are happening and the, why things happened back in the first place. And that's probably the biggest contribution that this season has really added is some reasoning for why things are going on. Because now that I'm thinking about it, there's so many like callbacks to 80s things. Like Vecna in general. Vecna has like a claw hand. You know, you could very much look at Freddy Krueger, Vecna... The whole idea of the Upside Down you could look at as Freddy Krueger's dream world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, you know, I'm obviously you had the Metallica. I mean, Metallica was huge in the 80s, so that makes sense to have there. And then there was a song I actually noticed sprinkled into this season that sounded almost exactly like uh, John Carpenter's The Things mm-hmm. 4. Um, but, yeah, there's just everything basically there is some sort of callback to something else. And I don't know. I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, so how do you feel about how they actually wrapped up this season? Like as far as, uh, maybe some of the beats or the moments that they went through. Cause this, this last half of the season, for those who haven't watched it, is basically like two movies. Um, mm-hmm. it's not how the first half was structured with what, six episodes or something like that. It's like yeah. two, what, two hour long movies or like, it was mm-hmm. like an extra four hours of content just crammed into two little mini movies. Um, for one, did you like that format of just kind of two little movies to kind of throw things out? Or would you prefer they split it up into episodes or more episodes? I, kind of, I kind of liked it. I, I feel like it felt suitable for what Stranger Things tries to do. I liked, I even liked that they separated it. I liked that it wasn't all, because um, I'm kind of getting tired of the whole like, hey, let's throw every episode out. I think we've talked about this, but like, here's a season of something, all 10 episodes, watch it all at once. I kind of liked the whole... It feels very TV-ish, like, you know, people were watching back in the 80s where it's like, 
tune you know we'll put this here tune in later at a later date mm-hmm. and you'll get the conclusion you know it it definitely like it helps you marinate on kind of the story and plot makes you anticipate like i feel like I feel like maybe in these days of like immediate entertainment, mm-hmm. that whole idea of like anticipation might be a little lost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like immediately getting a whole season of something when it's like you don't have time to think on episodes for certain shows. It's just like you sit there and you watch them one by one after another. And maybe, I don't know, I, I kind of like that they separated it out. I like the movie form. I don't know. I kind of, I enjoyed everything about this season, like you were saying. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think. Although I mean, everything you're saying is true, I don't think that's why Netflix did this format. Um, I think it was very much a rationale for them to hook people in for a longer subscription term. Because like now you couldn't just like get one month; you had to basically either hold off to you know watch the whole thing and wait till the whole thing's released, or if you did sign up to see it when it first came out, you've got to hold on to that subscription now for a whole another month and sign up. At for least, it. at least though, it feels like that money that you did put back towards them. You at least got a good enough product where that you didn't get a, a Obi Wan Kenobi. You know, I, it's like, I will agree with that. Yes, I yeah. I feel like overall the quality of the show has been far better than it has been, and far better than some of its competitors' content out there. That's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I think I enjoy the format. I do agree. Um, it's definitely given you more time to really soak in the episodes and the moments and discuss them a little more. And that's definitely I think more favorable for Netflix too. Like they have um, content creators who can now stretch out the content with theory crafting and reviews and stuff over a month as opposed to knock it out in a week and be done with it. So they get to stay a hot topic a little bit longer. So um, I don't know how I felt well, about I the two little that... mini movies, though. Like, I kind of wish oh. those had been broken up. I know I'm you... just going to throw in the whole plot, I guess, is something from the beginning is also feels very E.T.-ish. I don't know why that just hit me. But go ahead, yeah. sorry. Uh, probably because you got a bunch of kids kind of, you know, working yeah. together. But um, granted, that's like every 80s movie. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the mini movies because I do feel like they dragged after a certain point, especially that last episode. Like the whole um, almost epilogue portion of it after they finish Vecna essentially could have been Dustin talking with the guy's dad. Or that could have been an epilogue long. episode. Um, and I don't know. I mean, yes, you could. Okay. So you can always just pause an episode and come back to it whenever you want. But I don't know. Sometimes I like this. It was very firm. Okay. Here's the cutoff of this section of the story. You can cut it off or continue on with the next episode at a later point. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe, um, you know, splitting hairs a little bit, but I do kind of wish they chopped it up into an extra episode or so. Um, but oh, I, I totally forgot the, the what's his name, um, David Harbour character. Oh, Hopper's story. Hopper's, that's because that's the worst sideline, and it didn't get any better in this no, one. No, I was just going to say, I forgot the reference of him holding freaking, what is it, Arnold Schwarzenegger's sword. Oh. He basically was holding the Conan yeah. sword. Yeah, no, lots of references there, but now that you've, you've brought up the uh, Russian side plot, I'm just going to say very firmly, none of that should have been in this season at all honestly the russian stuff should have never been in the show period like even back in season three i don't know how much you remember of it it was cheesy I don't remember much. it was cheesy and campy there like really cheesy really campy and that whole side story wasn't even that good um and it just kind of bled over into the season and it has moments that are good in it but as a whole it's a lot of wasted time i know they're just trying to find stuff for these characters to do because maybe they didn't know how to put them all together and give everybody you know a good um, you know, meaningful task or role, but sending him off to Russia to save Hopper, it felt very just 
why? Why bother? Like, so they rescued him. Great. Which I still think they should have left him dead. But, you know, okay, so they got him. Um, well, I didn't notice. That was one of my questions was the, the Russian plot being pointless. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know they, they tried to rationalize it by, okay, so if they kill off, you know, the smoke monster over here in Russia, that will help the kids somehow. Uh, which I don't think that was really touched on too much. I mean, I guess you can draw a conclusion there. The idea was that if they attack the monster, it'll distract or weaken. Cause the mind flare, yeah. But I think here's the problem with that. Like, okay, so you have that premise, which could work, but then the whole issue was all those um, little crews, as they were going through that moment in the story, all got bogged down with their particular task. Like, Hopper was pinned down by the Demigorgon, and whatever was going on back in Hawkins. Oh, the kids were strung up by Vecna's tentacles, et cetera, et cetera. Like, Hopper, you know, being able to take out Demigorgons of the smoke monster was not the reason they succeeded. Like, it was Elle having her moment of clarity, uh, seeing, was it Maxine's face, and, you know, her power expanding and doing whatever. Like, that was the moment that pushed everybody to win. Um, so, really, the whole Russian thing didn't do anything, you know? Unless I missed something really obvious there. Like, yes, they did still go through and, you know, kill the Demigorgons, Demidogs, and the Smoke Monster, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, but I don't feel like that really ended up doing a whole lot. Like, the impact had already been taken care of by L's big moment. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, think... I actually did have a, I did have a question. No, I was going to say, since we're talking about L, my question was, um, but why were Mike's inspiring words all L needed to save the day? Um, and I have in my notes. Mike bring needed up... a job. Oh yeah, but I was as I was saying, um, something Angry Joe brought up during his video on it is uh, he was talking about why were uh, Mike's inspiring words all L needed to save the day, and it, to me it really made a lot of sense because um, when you compare it to like the idea of Fifth Element and the Lilu Dallas stuff, um, why did L need any inspiration to save the world or to save her friends or family? Like that was something she already like kind of wanted to do or needed to do when but when you think about like the fifth element it makes sense over there because Lilu dallas was like this ancient alien being who didn't even know if she wanted to save the world because remember she had seen videos of how terrible humankind was anyways this isn't the fifth element Mm. but but like to me that makes sense but like versus you know here it's just like why did that i mean i I know why it's necessary because it's typical tv show stuff but it just felt kind of corny, you know, the whole idea of uh, him telling Elle, Elle, you, I love you. You need to do this. And it's just like, to be yeah, she knows fair, all that. I mean, that's a very 80s trope. Um, you know, power of friendship. Power you can do it. I love you. Yeah, that kind of thing. Like, uh, it is supposed to be a little cheesy cliche. I'm not saying it makes sense or it helps. Um, it really does need to give Mike a role. Like, she very much could have in that moment just found it within herself to feel, you know, mm-hmm. strong enough and confident enough. And honestly, I don't feel like it was how oh, mad have to watch it again. Was it really Mike that did it? Cuz I feel like the moment where she kind of snapped out of it was when she was seeing basically Maxine die in front of her. Could have been a little both, but Probably a little I... both, but that could have been all she needed. Like cuz honestly, here's the thing, Mike Mike's a pointless character. Like, in season mm-hmm. one, he kind of helped push things along as the leader of the crew and the one that was, you know, trying He's to save him. That's his whole thing. Yeah, but he hasn't had any point since then. And really, um, I didn't even remember it till like, she had her flashback, but her and Maxine 
had a really close relationship. Like they were close mm-hmm. friends or they kind of came to know each other and like learn what it was like to be an eighties girl, et cetera, et cetera. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but honestly that was probably a more impactful thing to have was that friendship moment and the way they kind of showed it there in those flashbacks. That's all that was really necessary. And to me, from what I recall and take away from is that was the thing that kind of brought her powers out at that level. Like, I, I know Mike was talking to her. I think that was happening, but I don't recall that being the triggering moment, but that could just be me, you know, lacking the memory on that particular aspect of fair it. Enough. Maybe um, I just wanted to talk about Fifth Element for a second. That's fair. Uh, Lilu Dallas multipass. Lilu uh, Dallas multipass. So, I, um, yeah, I agree. I That's, I think, one of my bigger things about the season I didn't like is just how many characters there were and how pointless most of them were. Like, yeah. until Mike and the crew get Elle and kind of like save her. And they didn't really save her. They just picked her up. Uh, she already saved herself, pretty much. Like, that's the only purpose they had, was driving them to another Island Pizza Boy restaurant to throw her in a mm-hmm. freezer. Like, I don't know. Oh, don't give me an Argyle, whatever his name was. Yeah. Pointless. So, all of that, pointless. Well, all the Russia stuff. He, Argyle technically did take them places to help with the story and to help well, with fighting there but. are other ways they could have written that story that could have been a lot cleaner a lot more succinct mm-hmm. without any of that and i'm not sure what they then would have done with those characters the whole point is i'm sure they needed something for these people to do and that's the best they could think of which i think is already kind of sad um but regardless like if they could have found a way to cut the majority of that like um they could have cut i think really that whole side quest thing they did to go to dustin's girlfriend's house to find out the, that location for Neen mm-hmm. or whatever it was they could have done I didn't that like any of that portion no that whole thing could have been gone they could have found a much more streamlined way to do that like you could still have them go on that little quest they could have made it so much quicker the rush stuff mm-hmm. should have just been gone like harper not hopper harper i'm sorry hopper should have harper. been dead they didn't like need harper to more my point being is they could have left him dead. They didn't need to bring back, oh, what was his name? Was it Murray? Was that the crazy? Murray, yeah. He mm-hmm. could have just been gone. He didn't have to be brought back to this season. Um, And, like, then it could have just been Joyce, and she could have still been involved with the kids at some level, helping them, doing whatever. Like, that would have streamlined the season so much. And I feel like that, uh, and that's another reason why I don't think I liked how long some of these episodes were is because there was a lot of padding with those weird B and C plots that really didn't need to be mm-hmm. there. Like, I think this could have been a much more focused season and been a lot better for it. But I did have a couple other questions, I guess. Um, maybe it's because I'm I'm dumb and I didn't pay attention, but did you catch all of the, which now everyone is talking about it, and it's like already been, when I wrote this question up, no one was positive about it but did you catch initially the whole mike and will byers uh stuff that was going on there because i i didn't understand their love story yeah i didn't yeah they hinted on that i want to say last season i didn't know i didn't i mean not that it's a problem but like i just i didn't see any of it and then after the, the season ended the last like couple days everyone's been talking about it and uh you know the actor noah schnapp i think mm-hmm. who plays will byers he's been like yeah that's a thing and blah 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 and it's i don't know i guess it's just i know they hinted on his orientation in season three i don't remember how much it was directed towards mike at that time um and this season very much has been that i don't know how i feel or care about that particular relationship because i don't care about those characters to be honest i agree um actually i think the whole theory is that will is going to be the hero in the final season Maybe give him something. He's the, he's the one who's do. kind of started this whole thing, along with 
11 in Vecna, so... Yeah, but he did, but he was... It was a passive way to start it. He got kidnapped, so I don't... Yeah. And really, he didn't start it. It was L who started it by well, sending... Well, I know, that's why I said, yeah. So but he's the I... first one to, like, other than Vecna... I don't know. Oh, to be like sucked over into the uh, yeah, yeah that we know of. I mean, there's there's still a little bit of timing there that I don't know because so they have the moment where L sends Henry to the Upside Down and he kind of then discovers and explores the Upside Down. They don't quite say how long he was there. Although I guess you could go by L's age. Yeah. he was there probably for two a year, three years. Two, yeah, I don't I don't know exactly. I don't remember how old Elle was in those flashbacks versus where she was at the beginning of season one. So there was some time there uh, before Elle opened up that other portal, which is what it seemed like it caused the whole instigating stuff with Will getting kidnapped. And um, mm-hmm. I am curious what, uh, cause I don't recall if they touched on this when the upside down got kind of reshaped as Hawkins. Like did that happen like throughout Vecna's time there, like he decided I'm going to reshape this to look like it. Or is that really just the moment when L kind of had that big incident where she escaped and whatnot, opened that portal. Um, was I'm that when, sure. because they, There's still a lot of questions. Cause they had that one moment where, um, what was it? Nancy found her journal on the upside down. It had a certain date where everything was kind of frozen at that date. And that was the date that when she, will, when she threw him through the portal or was that the day that wasn't the day he got thrown through the portal. That was the day will went missing. Mm. So then when he went through the portal, it was not the Hawkins kind of upside down yet. And we saw that he was kind of flowing through like this volcano land, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't seem like it became the Hawkins stuff until L basically escaped after that portal incident. I recall I'm trying, that was in season one. I think it was like the, uh, was that at the same thing. time when L escaped and when Will got kidnapped? That was about the same. Yes. Yeah, so all that kind of happened all at once. I think I'd have to go back and watch season one to know the exact timing, but all that was mm. at the beginning of season one. She opens up a portal or something happens. She escapes and then Will sucked in or kidnapped or however you want to look at it. Um, so then that's still a question that's out there that needs to kind of be looked at a little bit, but yeah. And I guess I have a final question. It's just in general is, is having a fifth season really necessary? I was I mean, going to ask that. Yeah. Uh, feel, it feels like everything could have ended here with maybe one more long episode. If they yeah. would have done another two, you know, two and a half hour, maybe. Or they could have just episode. straight up killed Vecna. Like for real, <laughs> it could have been over. Like, I don't know if he needed to have a whole nother, episode or, or maybe they could have done another episode where it's like oh we killed vecna but the mind flare is still the mind flare is not a thing though like that from my understanding like the only reason the mind flare is any kind of malevolent you know force is because, because of, of henry like henry just mm-hmm. found this floating you know dust smoke thingy and formed it into the mind flare to do his bidding like that's my understanding unless i'm, I'm missing something there yeah. so it, well, I'm assuming once he's gone, unless the mind flare has some other sentience to him, There's he's just going so go to go back to answered. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I agree that this could have ended here. They could have just straight up killed Vecna, resolved that issue. And then that would have been it. Like, I'm trying to think really what this next season's going to be at. Like, I know the scale is bigger now because basically uh, all of the Upside Down has been opened up inside of Hawkins. So it's going like, to be... Like, where do you go from here other than they've got to get to Vecna again and they've got to fight him again together as that, one? Yeah, like, I know everything's going to be bleeding over into the real world a little more and that's probably going to be a different kind of setting. But I don't know. Like, you're right. Where do you really go from here? Their goal is still going to be, okay, get to Vecna, kill Vecna. 
and I just don't see a whole lot of extra benefit to doing that at this point. So, I, I mean, I, I, again, as I said earlier, I, I still really enjoyed this season, and mm. as long as there's more cool stuff happening with lots of callbacks and nostalgia, I guess, I guess that's all I need. But it, here's maybe my... it does feel like this last season they need to. There needs to be something. It a needs to more. be very focused. Here's my fear: is that it's going to be like this season where everybody gets split up again. They all have their stupid side quests, and half of them are going to be. They cannot do that for the last season. <coughs> Everyone has to be together for this last. And I feel like this should not be a very long season. I feel this should be like four episodes at most. If that, five. three little mini movies or something. I don't know. However, they want to do it. Like it needs to be very focused, very concise, very kind of quick. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they drag it out for, you know, however long this season was in total, which I mean, cause you had what, six hours or six episodes before, and then three or four hours after you had a well, good 10 hours of content. Almost. Well, cause something you have to think about is with the <clears> events <throat> that are now happening in the real world. Now there's no room for the real world stuff to happen with the kids. Cause you know what I mean? There's no real world stuff that's probably going to be happening because now the real world is it's sucked into this whole thing. It's sucked into this whole thing as well. So now there's no off branch story of interacting with other other kids or like other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everything now is all entrenched in Vecna and the Upside Down and the Earthquake. You yeah. Know? And everybody's together. So there's no reason they should get split up. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like they should have ended it right here. Like, the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, you know. They could have either, you could have added another episode if they really wanted to, or honestly, cut out all the Russia stuff and just use that time to kind of wrap up that finale a little bit more cleanly. So, I don't know. It is what it is. We're getting to the season uh, regardless of what I think, and I'm hoping it still has the same level of quality and intrigue that this one had. Um, But uh, I don't know. I do wish they could have just uh, wrapped it up here. Maybe they'll find a way to branch off and give Mike a spinoff show or something. <laughs> and I hope not. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, do you think that they'll bring back Max, like back to life? Or is she going to be coma chick for the rest of the, the show? She'll be back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She'll be back and maybe she'll have some sort of connection with Vecna. Do you think they should have killed her? Like instead of no, bring her into no, coma, cause... just nix her. No, cause I kind of like if they do do something like that, I feel to have doo do. If they do something like that, it might be kind of cool, but I feel like I feel like the, the the one death for me that didn't feel necessary, and after we complain about every character not dying, is I, I didn't think the Eddie death really felt all that interesting. Um, and there's a lot of people that are saying, "Oh, well, he probably isn't dead," but I, I don't, no, I don't know. He felt pretty dead. Um, but um, yeah, I... Max, Max, I feel like. I was fine Maybe. with the way they took out Eddie. Um, here's my thing. like Eddie was a fun character this season, but if he did live, what's his point next season? Like if He would have been another just character that the show has yeah. brought up that now they have to do something stupid with. So uh, you could argue if it was you know the best way the show went out or if it was a stupid moment, and it kind of was, but it was a fun moment. I think that was the whole mm-hmm. point. You had this kind of this cliche, you know, super awesome heavy metal moment where he got to, you know, be a Metallica awesome well, rock star for a moment. Well, now that I think about it, they had to close <clears throat> his arc up because his whole arc up to that point was running away from things. Yeah. So maybe they kind of needed that to be like, okay, his arc is that he doesn't run away from something and runs towards something yeah. for once. You know? I mean, I, I thought it was fine. I'm glad they did that for him. He's not going to be some dead weight holding on for the next season or so. I just think about it. Or sorry, Ed. No, what are you saying? I say now that I think about it, since I put it that way, that point is 
sometimes not doing that for certain characters can make their arcs feel pointless or not fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Or like, you know what I mean? If you continuously have this whole set of characters that are have plot armor and don't and yeah. don't and don't like maybe it can feel like their arcs are never fulfilled. And then you they, end up like, with a whole bunch out. of extra characters that don't do anything. So no, they should have killed yeah. off a bunch of characters long ago. Mm -hmm. um, I still think they probably should have killed off Max during that first Vecna moment where she was running away. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I don't hate what they've done with her at the end here, but you've had two death fake outs for her now, essentially. Like, I feel like she should have just been gone after the first one, but oh well. Yeah. Yeah, then you run the problem of doing what Game of Thrones did. Like, at the end, you have all these different characters with all these different plots, and it's like, it's like, well, you can't possibly satisfy the viewer with every single plot because oh, I'm just thinking of Game of Thrones because at the end there was like 20 different characters with each of them. They're all different plots mm -hmm. and like you were you were hoping some of them would make you happy, but it ended up none of them made you happy. Yeah, that's much. a whole nother whole nother <laughs> thing there. We'll, we'll let's shelve yeah, that one. We'll skip Game of Thrones, but all right. Well, but, we'll, uh, yeah. we'll move on. I know we've been talking about this for a while. I did like the season. I'll just kind of <laughs> those my final thoughts. If you have maybe taken a break from Stranger Things because you didn't like season two and season three, um, I mean, I'm not. If you like season one of Stranger Things, I think it's worth checking out season four. If you didn't if like I season one at all. Four. Yeah, I, was, I think it depends. If you liked what Stranger Things was trying to do back at the beginning, you'll like where they're going now. If you never liked it in the first place, I'm, this isn't going to change your mind by any means. But if 2 and 3 were just a little bit disappointing for you, rest assured, 4 steps it up for the most part. Um, you can skip past all the Russian stuff, though. So just fast forward. Yeah. Again, I'll reiterate my point. Is This show is perfect if you're, if, if you're you know, a child of the 80s and 90s. And again, I feel like I phrased it pretty good earlier. To me, this whole show feels like nostalgia porn. It's that time frame. It's all of those different things that, you know, they just, they have the satanic panic. There's Metallica. There's all these references to Back to the Future and, and Ghostbusters. It's just, it's, you know, if you like that time frame, this show is perfect. Especially, well, I don't say especially. All four seasons have, the, the, again, I feel like every throwback, every nostalgic element has a story built around it, so... Huh, kind of cool, but yeah. All right. Okay, so we're going to move on to our final topic of the day, which is... I actually didn't write any notes, so this is all going to be off the top for me and you. Um, but we got to go to the movie theaters, which is a... That's rare a rare, rare activity yeah. nowadays. <laughs> but uh, we got to watch Thor Love and... Love and... What is it? Thor Love, Love and, and Thunder. Thunder. I don't like that name for some reason. No, that was fine. It makes sense in the context of the movie. I guess. I mean, I get where they were going because of the, I don't know, spoilers. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, just go ahead. What would you think? What were your thoughts? Oh, um, this is not a good movie. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all over the place with this one. I'm, I'm pretty firm where I'm at in it. I'll, I will say this. So, I was in a good place when I watched the movie. I was in a good mood, um, and I was ready. I think I was just glad to be hanging out with the friends and you know seeing a movie. So I think my enjoyment level of the movie was definitely increased just because of that. Like I got to laugh. And you were in a very a... good mood. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that helped. But even during that, I'm looking at this movie I'm like this is not a good movie. Like I'm not one to really score movies too often. This is like a four or five to me to be honest especially comparative to the other thor movies and not that i love all of them but um ragnarok is still probably the best one and this tries to capture some of the humor moments of the ragnarok mm -hmm. kind of stuff but 
it doesn't have any of the weight or any of the impact that is in there. That movie's jokey, but it still has some really good moments where, you know, Thor learns something as a character and like you have the whole Loki stuff. Like it has some good, meaningful stuff in there to play off of. I honestly left the theater as well at like a six, like slightly above average where I was like, oh, that was serviceable. I, yeah, I, was a... I wouldn't even say it's a six. I mean, it's six if you're in a good mood and you are just very open to whatever this movie is going to be. If you can kind of take I didn't it at... leave work early to watch it. So, yeah, I was in a good, <laughs> was in a good mood. Yeah, so if you go with the right expectations, you can find enjoyment in this movie. It's got it's got jokes. Now, how well they're going to hit with you is going to be very got subjective. A, a lot of jokes. Far too many. Like, Far too even many. when this movie, like, tries to have, like, a pseudo-serious moment, I'm like, okay, there's some weight to that. There was a joke right around the corner mm-hmm. that usually um, really just throws off kind of the balance of, you know, what this movie's trying to accomplish from any kind of, you know, serious aspect. It is just, it's too jokey and not even good it's not good marvel jokey it's not good humor no. and in some parts there's some jokes that i liked but for the most part they're yeah, they few don't and far between um they're very on the nose um almost very meme kind of stuff like i couldn't you stand know, the screaming goat joke like that got old real that fast. was terrible i actually actually thinking about it later on i didn't even like the whole joke of uh his his ex the whole joke of him cheating on his ex for mjolnir or whatever like, yeah they hit that joke like five times and it was like, they, okay. Yeah. They revisit it. a lot of jokes that weren't great in the first place. And to be fair, this movie's going for a very different tone than any of them. Like I think the big thing is, this is trying to be uh, the first MCU romantic comedy. And I don't think it really even succeeds at that too mm-hmm. much, but that's what, most, that's what they're trying to sell this thing as for most of the, at least in discussion I've seen online. Um, I don't know I how it was a better romance movie than it was a comedy. Cause there were, it tried to I be a comedy stuff with, um, what's her name? Uh, Natalie Portman. I thought she was uh, great. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, Ooh, I didn't think she did a great job. She felt, really? I thought she felt very awkward in this role. Um, I don't know. I Would think you say flat. No, I don't know if I'd say flat, but I don't like the way they portrayed that character. Um, like I don't do read a lot of comics anymore. I had definitely haven't read almost any of this Mighty Thor uh, kind of incarnation. Sad. I was sad during the cancer scenes. Oh no, it's that. it's sad. I know that's um, essentially the same premise as the uh, comics, but I don't know. They made her so unconfident as Mighty Thor. Like she was kind of playing this role of like, hey, I'm trying to be Thor. I guess this is the thing I should be doing. And I don't know. It felt. I know she's a new Thor, but. That's why I felt like it was suitable because she was so new to it. But that's not her character, though. Like she, I don't know the character. Well, no, I'm not even talking about. um, I'm talking about Jane Foster's representation in the past Thor movies. Like she has been a very determined, scientific, level-headed, like focused individual from my recollection. So to now see her play this kind of fish out of water kind of deal, um, just felt weird for her character. Like I felt like she would have come at this very determined i mean maybe a little unsure of herself but i don't know i didn't love her portrayal there um i'm not and see I, I don't agree I, I didn't i didn't think she was great well i did i say great before i thought i thought she was very good i liked her character i didn't hate i'll say she's anything. fine i mean i don't natalie portman's mm-hmm. not a bad actress um this i don't think really served her super well um maybe it was just because they were you loved her in the prequels Oh yeah, I love me some Padme. Um, 
I don't know. And maybe it's because they were trying to play on the funny side of things and it was kind of the you know, delivery of it. Um, I don't feel like Natalie Portman's a very humorous actor or actress, no, I should no, say. No, that might have been, yeah. So, yeah. like, yeah, I will say this. Like, regardless of how good the jokes were, Chris Hemsworth sells these jokes. Like, he does his darndest. He's got good timing. And you may not be laughing at the joke, but you're laughing at him doing, uh, giving these jokes. I, I don't... Will, I'm sorry. I, I was going to say, say, I don't feel the same about Natalie okay. Portman. I will say, though, this is the first time I've seen uh, Chris Hemsworth. Or, or I don't want to say him, but this is the first time I've seen a Thor movie where, where since they've moved over to this whole humorous aspect of him, this is the first time I've seen him and I've been like, I think I've had enough of this. Oh, I agree. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I get the first two Thor movies with him being super serial were not great Mm -hmm. and they had to move away from that. But I feel like this is the first one where I'm like, okay, maybe tone it down a little bit. And it's actually interesting. I actually watched um, some other YouTube channels talk about um, seeing Taika Waititi, the director, mm. and and they say that's par for the course with him. They say he's very in real life. He's very jokey. A jo- hundred jokes a minute. You know, he doesn't like stop, which I feel like is is interesting. But that doesn't I mean, mean all your movies need to reflect that. Yeah, but, but the whole the whole idea people were talking about by talking about his jokiness and and how he's a mile a minute, the whole uh, they were going into the uh, ideal that with this whole phase four of Marvel, that because they don't have like a major plot goal like with the other phases, you mm-hmm. know, where everything's pointing towards Thanos right. or saving the galaxy or whatever, um, that that they've that they've opened up freedom for directors. Where they're kind of letting all of their directors finally like, okay, we're we're gonna let you know try and you know Disney's very hands on y. Right. It feels like maybe this is the point where they're trying to loosen the grip a little bit on some of these directors and this is the first time where I'm like maybe a little bit of grip on this movie might have might have helped it. Maybe some better structuring. Yeah, man, I'm not even sure what would have helped. Maybe that's part of it. I agree wholeheartedly. This is way too jokey. Like the Ragnarok um, interpretation of the source material of what this movie is supposed to be about. It's way too jokey. Yeah. Oh no, definitely. Um, like, and I'll tell you, I was already kind of leaning that way with Ragnarok. Like I don't love Thor super, super jokey. Like he's supposed to be a little serious. And I think Ragnarok at least tried to find a balance in there. This movie was so just leaning into the comedy the entire time that you couldn't take this character serious at all. This whole movie felt like a parody of itself for 90% of its runtime. Like it was like a parody of a Thor movie. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I guess if you, I don't know if that's what they were trying to do. And maybe if you go in there with that expectation, it's now feels different as you watch it. But I don't think this movie is going to hold up long-term at all on rewatches. And yeah, the comedy just lands flat across the board. I think Chris Hemsworth is doing the best he can. I like the way he's trying to do it. Not saying I love what his character is doing, but I do think he tries his darndest to sell these jokes. And that earnest, um, earnesty in that I think is what made me enjoy the moment of watching it happen, but it's not going to hold up over any kind of repeat viewing. I just think about it. This movie felt like nothing but, uh, but, but real tape for how great Chris Hemsworth and Christian Bale are. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm thinking this whole movie just felt like take yeah. for them to be able to send to other directors and be like, look how great we are. They Here were we fun to see on screen. I will give they it were. that. Um, mm-hmm. Regardless of what they were doing or how good the you know dialogue or jokes were they were uh, giving or delivering, 
they were at least fun to watch. Um, Christian but, Bale was awesome. I but I mean they that didn't use him enough we, at we, all we, though. So, like that, I think could have if they had this super jokey tone for you know that first quarter of the movie or whatnot, and they brought the weight back with Christian Bale. That probably would have been fine, but he wasn't in there long enough to add that weight. Um, okay. The very beginning. There was like the whole intro with him. That was a great opening. I he honestly is probably one of the better villains in my opinion, just for how they set him up. Because he's really it's really sympathetic, and you know anything with a daughter hits me. Um, Because you know I've got a daughter, and you know any father daughter scenario. Watching once again, spoiler: his his daughter dies in his arms in the first like five minutes, and it's a real sad setup and it gives him a lot of motivation for what he's doing throughout the movie. And even the ending with him at the end is really kind of bittersweet, but that's all you get of him. Like everything else about, uh, the, uh, was it? It's gore, gore. right? Is either he's not there or he's so minimal. Um, he was wasted during this movie. He was probably the best aspect of it when he was brought into it, but he was there for, I'm going to say 10% of the movie. Um, he should have been Did there. Did you hear for... about him? Hmm? Hear about him after the movie was made? Mm-mm. Apparently, he's been. I think he's been dialed back, but he's been like, like mildly complaining in the background because apparently they recorded like a lot more footage, so much footage of him. Oh, it's the Jared Leto like, Joker thing all over again. But he hasn't been as like vocal, but there's definitely mm. been like leaks of him saying like, like. Well, there was more of me, and you know, they they, uh, they decided to put in whatever they wanted, you know. Yeah. And uh, I don't doubt it. I mean, to me, whenever he and Chris Hemsworth are on screen, they're like eating all of the entertainment, you know. And here they put a lot of effort into gore. Like, um, they did. I haven't had the B roll up. I'm going to switch over there real quick. But oh, he been... looks great. The moments that he's doing stuff, like they gave him a lot of meat as a character, but that meat's missing from the movie. Um, and mm-hmm. this is what's disappointing. So I totally believe there is another cut of this movie with far more uh, Christian Bale in it. And well, this would have been a better movie if it could have found its way into the yeah. actual uh, main cut. And they kind of dropped the ball almost immediately <laughs> in the movie. because That free shot you left on Chris Hemsworth. That's <laughs> like that oh. snarky face. Sorry. They like they almost immediately dropped the ball in his character because he's called Gore the God Butcher. But up, even Zeus says it in the one scene, Russell Crowe. Up to that point, he had only killed two gods. It's like, how has he exactly earned the title of Gore the God Butcher when he's only killed two gods up to this point? And how does that like raise his? Um, how does that raise any fear factor yeah. of him? You know, like how was he a name? You know, at that point, like I don't know. That's fair. I didn't even catch that. Um, that you only said two. I know he said like only a few lesser the gods. Zeus, or... That's the reason Zeus doesn't want to help them fight the war against Gore because he's like, oh, he's just he's only killed two two gods so far. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I will say like I mean the pacing of this movie was just like flying. So they didn't give you a whole lot yeah. of time to really think about okay what each thing's happening. Like you were in what is it? Hemsworth was in space, and obviously you knew he was back on Earth, and all of a sudden he was out, and like it moved so fast, so you couldn't even think mm-hmm. about motivation for what people were doing. Like, why did Gore go after, you know, the Norse gods? Like, why was that his next step to go take out Thor and whatnot? Like, why didn't he go somewhere else? He didn't have a personal vendetta against Thor that I knew of. So why was that his next, you know, target? Mm-hmm. I like, agree. Unless I, 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 I missed that. Answer. I don't have an answer, so. 
So I think that was where, like, I understood Gore's motivation in general, but as far as the steps that got him to, you know, confronting Thor and that being a conflict, that felt just, I don't know, either very convenient or just, I don't know. Now uh, that I'm thinking about it, what I would have preferred, what would have made Gore seem more, um, I don't know, what's the word? What, what, more menacing, what made what made him see, see and would have made the scene with all the gods and the... Uh, I don't remember the name of the god place, the place where uh, Zeus and all that. Omnipotent City. Omnipotent City. Um, what would have made that place, because I don't know if I, we talked about it in the theater, but like that whole scene to me felt bad. I didn't really like anything that happened there. Yeah, that could have been made, gone. What would have made that better is if Gore, before um, Chris Hemsworth, or before all of the, the, the Thor and all of them had gotten there, is if there was a scene where he kills a bunch of them there mm-hmm. gore like would have you know shown up or something and killed a handful of gods or killed half of the gods that are there and there was some big battle and gore gets away or something like then it would have been like okay so this guy just killed a bunch of gods all at once he's he got what he needed or you know maybe i don't know whatever he was looking for or mm-hmm. something but like it would have made him seem more menacing and it would have made the purpose of going to omnipotent city more um weighted or something because when they because there really was no point other than getting his zeus's lightning bolt um and even that was kind of like whatever like yeah no that whole omnipotent city thing was to me a wash um Mm -hmm. wasn't worth it and that's not a bad way to maybe have gone about it they needed to have gore do something more than just he had his little intro at the beginning that set up what his character was about and then just all of a sudden gore's going after thor like that was just yeah. the very next thing we hear about. There was such a gap there that they could have done something to build up that motivation, whether mm-hmm. it be, yeah, he attacks omnipotent city or maybe he finds, hears something about, um, you know, Valhalla, not Valhalla. Um, Oh, I'm, I'm Asgard. blanking it. Asgard, like something about that triggers him for whatever reason, some stories about it, how they've treated their subject. I don't know. Or maybe, or maybe that's how Gore finds out where new Asgard is, is he, he attacks, omnipotent city and gains information or he he finds something out like i just mean like that could have been really cool the idea of gore attacking it maybe he gets fought he kills a bunch of them and gets battled backwards or something or gets pushed out like that could have been really cool and i felt like the whole omnipotent city was what was a little wasted and then i feel like gore as a whole was kind of wasted as well Mm -hmm. that the doing that alone would have made him more menacing and it would have made omnipotent city more interesting in my opinion i don't know i'm not a director i don't disagree and i'm not sure if that's the like the perfect scenario but anything that could have given gore more to do um to tie him to these characters a little more give him because apparently that sword is the god king the god killer sword yeah so so they know about it they're concerned about it got a leg up over (laughs) most gods you know yeah maybe zeus helps fight him back or something and and yeah they made zeus seem like a it was a joke. A douche, a the whole anyway, thing was a so, joke. Like, yeah. that's my. I think that's my biggest problem is everything in this movie, no matter how serious or kind of how well thought it could have been, it all was just in service of some joke. Um, and that just got old <laughs> real fast. So that's, when you know. When material of a guy going around wanting to destroy the universe and kill gods, I mean, that's like. That's pretty heavy, heavy stuff, you know? I mean, you might want to take it serious in some parts, but... Yeah, I think it's just, they wasted... The, like, if they were going to go this route where the whole movie's just going to be jokey, don't waste Christian Bale and Gore. Like, not that I knew a whole lot about that character to begin with going into this, but 
clearly there's something cool there that they could have saved for a more meaty, serious toned movie. Um, he went out and he probably spent 10 to $20 million to bring Christian Bale in here. And this is how he was. Yeah. Utilized. You could have had some other throwaway villain just to serve the romantic comedy uh, standpoint mm-hmm. of this. Then you wouldn't felt like he was being wasted. He was just part of the scenery. Um, so I don't know. There, there could have been a good movie in here. I think that's what's sad about it is it's got a lot of good components in it. Um, I was going to say <clears throat> the movie has a fun aesthetic to it, but I don't think the movie looks good. Like, I think it it's fun when it kind of, you know, goes into those 80s kind of, you know, super colory tropes. Like the black, and white, the black and white stuff was cool. But in general, the way certain scenes are shot aren't really all that good or interesting. It looks like a Guardians of the Galaxy spinoff, you know. They take it felt a like a spinoff. Kind of... I think it's something like yeah. um, it didn't feel like a super heavy budgeted movie. It felt kind of rushed, maybe, or just cheaply put together. And maybe I'm being overly critical, but... Um, it wasn't a great looking movie overall. I think they it could have done a lot with the aesthetic it was going for, but it didn't really, you know, I don't know. It, it wasted, I think, a lot of that aesthetic. Taika almost, I'm thinking about it, but Taika almost feels like to me the counter, the, the, the total opposite of Zack Snyder. Where like Taika feels like it needs he needs somebody to help set up things and to add a little bit more seriousness and to make things, you know, to help, to help with the flow of his movie or whatever he's directing. Mm. Whereas like Zack Snyder is somebody who makes things awesome, emotional and heavy, but he needs someone there to help him make it more entertaining and comedic and stuff. And like, I feel mm. like they're like the total opposite of the spectrums where like, if each of them had someone to like help, uh, narrow their view or to help, you know, add, add each of those. I feel like, you know, cause that's the, the whole Zack Snyder thing is that his movies are down and there's no humor and all that stuff. That's not my issue with Zack Snyder. <laughs> I mean, I get what you're saying, and you're right. Their tones are very opposite. You won't go in on Zack Snyder. That well, maybe we can do that later. But yeah, I just like, meant like like me. They're like interesting comparisons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'd go on a whole rant about it. Uh, I think Taika Waititi makes better movies than Zack Snyder does. Um, but I get your tonality um... argument. From a plot standpoint, the way the stories are structured, they are typically better. Um, most of the Zack Snyder movies are spectacle. More movies I would, I like. Them. Okay, that's right. They're spectacle. They're fun to watch, but they're structurally not good movies. I don't think. Um, Justice League, not a good movie. Batman vs Superman, not a good movie. Three Hundred was good because it was so simple. Like, yeah, but it, they kept it super simple. And I think that's Watchmen. where it worked well for someone like Zack Snyder. Watchmen, he had you can source go, material. Well, he had source material for all this stuff. <laughs> um, a lot of people didn't like his interpretation of Watchmen. I liked it for various reasons, but that, I don't know. I love, I love That's me. All right, we're getting off on different tangents, but I get what Back. you're saying. They do very different tones. Um, I, st- I still think Taika just needs someone to help. Like, it sounds like he... Here's um, the thing. Taika did uh, Ragnarok. And whatever direction he had that helped kind of structure that, whether it was just the goal of him having to reach that Thanos point or whatever it was, whatever that helped curate that movie so much more. Um, and he didn't have it here. Maybe it was just the fact that he was able to play off other characters better. Like, you had Loki in there. You still had... Um, uh, what's his face? Um, who does the Hulk? Mark Ruffalo. Like, you had yeah, these... Um, known entities that had some oomph already to their characters you could play off of this movie 
they dropped a lot of that. Like, you had the Valkyrie, but they didn't do anything with her. Um, Natalie Portman, she was a completely oh. different character here. Or Court really didn't do anything. Just yeah. bad jokes. And you had the Guardians of the Galaxy at the beginning, but they were just, like, there. They were cameos. That's, that's was one of my favorite parts, though. Um, I don't know if you noticed, and I haven't didn't check on this. Was that actually Bradley Cooper doing Rocket's voice? It sounded different to me. I don't remember hearing him, to be honest. I mean, they had Rocket talk for a little bit, but he sounded weird to me. I wonder if they even bothered not, getting him for that. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. I did not love this movie. It can be a fun watch if you were in the the right mindset. You were not expecting much. That you, you have to not be expecting anything out of this movie. And I think that it hurts because when they start the movie, the first ten minutes or so are pretty good because they're setting up gore and it's kind of fun with the guardians kind of getting introduced at the beginning with Thor. So it kind of sets up like, hey, this might be a good time. Don't let your expectations ride that high. Like, keep them low the entire time, and maybe you'll enjoy more of this movie. But think of it as a parody more than anything else. Yeah, think about I'm a thinking, Thor movie as a comedy, just straight up, and you might get some more enjoyment out of it. Thinking like the only real things I really liked about the movie were, like you said, Gore and Christian Bale were. That he's probably maybe the main reason I will go back and watch it. Now, just probably skip to his scenes. That so you're gonna watch Chris twenty minutes of this whole thing. Yes. Yeah. I'll just skip to the scenes with him and Chris Hemsworth or him in general, but I liked that. And him um, and Chris Hemsworth didn't even have a whole lot of back and forth. Like, um, no. so like, what did they even have? Like, what was their real conflict besides, you know, Gore kidnapped those kids? Like there was no personal conflict there. It's just like, Hey, I'm killing some gods. And he was even kind of jokey about killing the gods. It was, I don't know that very last moment there's a little bit of weight but it's not even because it's a relationship or interaction with Hemsworth it's just you know, Gore makes a decision to not basically destroy the world so I don't know um what else did I like about gosh it's it's hard see, right? I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed the movie when we watched it and, and and exiting but then like yeah days after I was just like um, if you I like give this that, movie I, any thought, man, it's not. I love seeing hold up. Matt, da- Matt Damon. That scene was pretty great. It was like funny, whole... but here's the thing: we had already seen that in Ragnarok. Like, it was just another joke. They just replayed it. Was it the same joke? Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure it was Ragnarok. Like the same thing. You had Matt Damon. I think the other actor too. They did the same kind. Of, they were being theatrical on I didn't Asgard. Know that. Yeah, they just did mm. it again. I mean, it was funny, but it's it was the same joke. Um, I don't know. Yeah, and the beginning, and the beginning <clears throat> up until the Guardian, like from the very beginning of the movie to the Guardians part, that was like really great. So that's like ten, fifteen minutes. So that I I very much disliked all the things that happened on God City. You know that that whole yeah. To me, that whole drag that whole part dragged down a lot. Um, Most of the movie drags. Russell Crowe, he had like a weird. Uh, accent. I think he was, that was trying not to be Greek. Italian. Well, it was supposed to be Greek, but it's he sounded Italian. Italian. It's supposed to be Greek. Yeah. Unless Greek accents kind of sound Italian. I mean, I I'm not familiar was... enough. I think there's some similarity, but he sounded Italian. <laughs> what um, exactly were they were they leading up to in the next one? It's something about Zeus and Hercules are uh, now going to go fight Thor. Maybe. I don't know a lot about the MCU's Hercules. I feel like he's in, like, New Avengers or something. 
Um, but I don't really know. And here's, I don't really care. This phase of Marvel is doing a really poor job making me care about anything. Well, I, haven't seen, haven't, I haven't seen Doctor Strange yet. So I, the, only, the only phase four movies I've seen is this one. And if they're counting Spider-Man No Way Home, then that one. But I saw that one. I didn't see Black Widow. I didn't see Eternals. I didn't see Shang-Chi. Um, I, I didn't see Doctor Strange yet. Although I want to, I at least want to see Doctor Strange. The when other... you watch, let me know so we can try and time it up and we'll talk about that one. Yeah. But, I definitely want to talk about that. Yeah, they're not doing a good job setting up this phase. I mean, I think it's kind of disappointing. And you knew coming out of, uh, you know, the Infinity War stuff, there was going to be Marvel fatigue. I think most people already wanted to drop it off. But they've done a real bad job even giving you a reason to want to care about Marvel. Like, um, was was it Black Widow was the first movie that followed up phase or start? That was the first. Is there that or Shang Chi? Shang Chi came before. But it was post COVID. That was like the first movie Marvel. Maybe. But I don't know. I don't know. And to be fair, I haven't watched these, so I don't want to go overly critical on them. I know a lot of people like Shang Chi, but I don't hear a whole lot about it anymore. I Um, don't want to go watch. TV show either apparently that kind of bombed as well what was it uh miss miss marvel or other uh, well i don't know if it bombed the reviews uh, at least on like ign a few other places have been really the favorable positive, but every review i've seen on youtube it's been i wouldn't doubt it because i mean i have like you seen they do a thing and i know about it cause i haven't spoiled. seen anything i've seen like a screenshot or two of the movie i just have no interest care if i spoil it that's fine Oh, well, apparently what they do in Miss Marvel, spoilers, I guess, if you've seen it, but I haven't watched it, but I, I saw the clip, is apparently they, they've they made it a way where now Miss Marvel is the first mutant, Oh. and I guess now she's going to spawn off mutants, because it's, it's really cringy, I saw it, there's a scene where she's, they're, so they're like, Marvel, you're... Your genetics is diff- Your genetics are different. You're some sort of mutant. And the actual actual X Men theme from the cartoon show plays. Oh really? Yeah, it's like a it's like a like a different version, but it's like she's like you're you're some sort of mutant, and it's like in the background, and I was like, I'm not watching that. Yeah, I just have no interest in that character. I think that's my my problem. They're pulling really far from you know the um. Uh, well, the wings over here try to get some new uh, hero blood in here and it's just like they're reaching man there's not a lot to hold my attention at this point as far as like characters to bring in there's nothing wrong with taking a break take a break you know I I, I know Mar- I know Disney would never do that now with Star Wars and Marvel but it's like it's like dude take a take a couple years off you know let, let your people you know it's like the whole Call of Duty Activision thing where it's yeah. like you don't need to put out a Call of Duty every single year. I tell you, I kind of wish they'd hold off on movies or at least do them far more sparingly. Do more of the shows. I don't hate all the shows, I'll be honest. Like Miss Marvel, I didn't care about. I for the most part liked WandaVision. Miss Marvel might be good. I'm just critiquing a specific scene I heard. You know, it yeah. could be a good show. I don't know. I guess my point being is like I don't think their TV shows are terrible. I don't think they're amazing, but I have had enjoyment in WandaVision. I enjoyed Loki to a certain extent. I mean, I really want to see them. They're at least maybe because they're building off of what was in the prior, you know, MCU saga stuff. So you still have a thread there. The new, new stuff I just really don't care about. The Eternal, Shang Chi, like all that just feels like meh. But I'm sorry, mm-hmm. we're going off on another tangent now. I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> I mean, we're at what are we at? Not bad. I feel like we're about <laughs> where where I expected to be. But um. 
Yeah, I mean, there's not really much else to say. I mean, like I, like you said, I, I walked away from this movie initially at like a seven, six or seven, That's and now high. I think I'm, I think I now I'm down <coughs> to maybe a five. Where like, I need to rewatch Ragnarok. I, I don't oh, remember. Ragnarok how much is so much better. Even if you don't like the jokey Thor, Ragnarok is so much better. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if you try to compare these two movies, you're gonna hate this movie a lot. So really? keep that expectation in mind. Like Ragnarok does a really good job of taking that jokey side of things and like that kind of um, highly colorful 80s tone and has just enough of it to make it work. Now, some people are going to argue that it was still a little too much because they don't like their Thor jokey at all. I thought it was okay. It was enough that you could be like, all right, I see where he's going with it. He had still serious moments of character development. There was still good plot structure to it. Like that was a relatively solid, good movie. I'd probably give that... I don't know, an eight. Um, mm-hmm. This movie doesn't even compare. Like, not even close. <laughs> Gore is fun, but that is really it. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, for me, this was, it, it was a free movie. I didn't even have to pay for it. So I guess no, uh, no love lost. I don't yeah. know. I would not waste your money in the theaters on this. Uh, we were looking at a theater. Oh, they had like, it, it was like a sale day, like $5 or something. That's fine. But if you're having to go see us at a theater where it's like, Ten, fifteen dollars, some for a ticket, and you, you, you know, spend thirty dollars out of the popcorn and whatnot. Don't just wait till this hits Disney Plus or whatever in a couple of months and save your money. It's not worth a theater viewing. I'm telling you, movies are coming to Disney Plus faster and faster. Like, uh, I Doctor Doctor Strange hit theaters, and the next thing I knew, like three weeks later, it was on Disney Plus. I'm surprised I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I just haven't had time because my wife wants to watch it with me. Scheduling with a wife it can be hard. <laughs> um, I agree. Oh, you agree with with your wife? Yep. Okay, fair yep. enough. Let me see. Yep, she says yes. <laughs> I looked over at my rock band box. <laughs> <laughs> um, but right. uh, yeah, so I guess, I don't know, that wraps up my thoughts on it. Yeah, but, I got um, nothing else to say. It was very meh overall. So, I don't know, what um that's all the major topics we had for this week. Uh, what do you have going on? Do you have anything... Um, Anything you're watching? Anything you're playing? You got any plans for anything? Um, I am watching through the boys season three right now. Um, you haven't watched any of that, like at I've, all, right? Uh, I, you I would probably like it for the next episode. Start watching. Watch start watching the boys. Granted, to catch up to season three, it might take you a little bit, but their seasons aren't super long. First season, I can go season by season. I'll have to think back to season one, but yeah, I mean that's fine. Um, I will say. Maybe I shouldn't say. It. You know, what? just watch the boys because uh, I don't. Do you know anything about it? Have anybody given you any pretense? All right, um, I'm just gonna let you experience it because man, um, it's something. The start of season three. Whenever you get there, oh my goodness. Um, I'm just. I'm just gonna leave it there. I'll let you enjoy <laughs> thinking about that. I. I've heard some people say it's a little formulaic, but that like it's incredibly entertaining. Like. I don't know. I don't know the specifics. I won't. I won't even ask. If I think if I dig into anything, it's not even plot related stuff. It's just the way this show does some stuff. So it's going to be a trip. Tomorrow, tomorrow night, I'll start watching the boys. Then yeah. I, I I was looking for something to watch. Uh, You'll know after the first episode if you're going to like this show or not. I tell. Yeah. I will say that it's not a show that like you have to worry about getting good or anything like that. Like you either like it at the beginning. Or you're gonna hate the show really quick. Mm-hmm. Like they set the tone really, really well on the first episode. It was either between that, the the Mandalorian, or like Severance. I was kind of going back and forth between those three shows. I don't watch Severance. I think the boys, 
Uh, Man- Mandalorian's it's... really good too. I mean, either one of those would be fine. I'll talk about either if you want to backtrack. Uh, the Boys is probably I mean, more topical if you want to stay current. Topical. Yeah. So, I guess yeah, next week, uh, next episode, you guys can expect that. I'll start watching it tomorrow night. Um, but yeah, uh, I definitely have. My Dragon Ball video is out. I have all the time in the world now. No, I, have you have to start Z. Movie. I know you say you're going to take a break. Don't take a break. Just do it. Just go right into no, Z. There's no way to. Dragon Ball Z, uh, it's... Do a quick like one. Want... Do GT. Or do Super. You haven't well, even watched I, Super. So I actually I, really I, want to see your true opinion on Super. I know you keep kind of like blowing it off like, ah, I don't like Super, but I'd like you to see you take an earnest order, shot though. to watch through it. I want to go in order, though. I want to cover everything in order. You... I don't think it really is going to matter. Here's the thing. Z, you're going to be 40 years old before you ever finish Z and put the videos <laughs> out. Like, that is, it's the longest one. Like, I would say do one that, I mean, this is my um, non-anime uh, expert recommendation, but do a short one. Do GT. Super is actually, I think, longer than GT at this point, but at least that'd probably be more interesting to you because you haven't watched a lot of Super. Um, and I'd be curious Maybe. to talk about it, see what you thought about, about it. it. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I still think I th- still think immediately I'm gonna move on to. Uh, I'll I'll tell you guys. I was thinking of either doing like Digimon or Trigun, um, or maybe like Big O. I haven't watched some of those in like a very long time. Um, Big O. I actually but, like, watched part of the a uh, Big O episode like maybe a month ago because I just wanted to see the intro again. Um, plus, my wife didn't realize. Is um, it corny now? It's kind of corny. My wife just didn't believe me when I said there was an anime called Big O. She's like, "You're a liar." I'm like, "Nope." I love Big um, O. Man, I. I don't know. I definitely watched a lot in Toonami growing up. Or was it Toonami or was, Adult Swim? Was a tsunami thing. No, it was a Toonami thing. Yeah. Um, it's weird, man. <laughs> I I don't know if it really held up for me, but, you know, whatever floats your boat. Could always cover Fooly Cooly, if you remember oh, that. Oh, man. That's a, <laughs> didn't they bring that back? They did a recent, like, either revision or something on it? I'm pretty sure. That messes with your head, man. That's a That's a show right there. That and like Gurren Lagann at some point I'll cover. I want to cover all La- the I rewatched Gurren Lagann about two or three months ago. Like the more I watch that one, like it's I know it's uh, one of our buddy's favorite ones. It's yeah. starting to rank higher and higher for me. It's a really good really? one. Really? Yeah. Um, they did also announce you Hockey Show, the Netflix series. I saw which that. Be, but that doesn't come out till late 2023, so I don't think I think I'll start that in like January, February or something. Oh, the uh, the actual anime, not the live action. The live action comes out in December of 2023, so it's got yeah. long. Got I think they're time. doing another live action uh, Death Note too, not as a movie though. They're doing it as an actual series. I love the series, but I don't. The movie was terrible. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I liked uh, Willem Dafoe, but that was about the extent. Willem Dafoe of it. was cool. I feel like the biggest sin of the movie is that oh, it bypassed. There's a bunch, but it bypassed one of the best parts about the anime show and the whole best parts was like when the world was going into chaos and the 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 whole time lapse of like everything yeah. that he was to rise to become kira that show didn't have any of that montage or nothing it just went straight to oh the world's in wreck and he's powerful yeah like, and to be fair i mean they were trying to squeeze a lot into a movie they took it just a completely different direction i know we're way off any kind of topic at this point but that's not forgivable to skip him becoming Kira. It just went straight. Oh, he's Kira. I'll tell you, if you, I know we're on a different topic now, but if you go into that movie not expecting it to be true <laughs> Death Note, like take it for what it is, it's actually kind of funny <laughs> in some spots. And I don't know. I think if you can be in the right mindset for it, there's some value there, but it's not, 
it's not all that great. Anyway, I'll go. Dragon Ball Evolution since you're so positive on um on movie video or TV I've actually show. never watched the whole thing. I've never watched it. I don't think I can. I think I watched like the first like ten minutes of him like just like nope, there's no way. I can't watch uh, Spike as uh, as Piccolo. <laughs> I don't think I can get. I can see that. Nah. Was it James Marston? No, James Marston is a different guy. Uh, uh, uh Marston. Marston. Mar- it's a different. I know James Marsters is uh, Cyclops, right? Cyclops. And then it's like, oh, just- Mar. Oh, I mix them up. Uh, I gotta find out now. Um, <laughs> Spike actor. Let's see where I get. Oh, that's Cowboy Bebop Spike. No, it is James Marsters. Um. Who's the other one then? Who's Spike? Cyclops. James Marsden. Marsden Marsders. Oh. Yeah. Oh, see, I wasn't that far off. Yeah, it was one of them. But either way, that was a bad movie too. So, <laughs> well, let's go ahead and end it there. Yeah, we'll go ahead. But uh, yeah, so um, I don't know. Feel free to. Uh, we would love to see you guys on the next episode. Um, I guess yeah. Expect the boys. I'm gonna start that tomorrow night. Um, all right. I guess uh, everyone say, get get in the basement, Phoenix. Bye. Bye. Here's the shackles. And Here, here's the door. I'm opening the door. There's, there you right. go. Bye. Jump down there. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Love you.